All right, Ian. Huh? This is how we're going to start this episode. What, you what, ready? How? What? You ready? No. Here what? we go. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. So if you save your pennies and save your dimes, you can buy a car? This is the 60s. Back in the day, eh? And a little change left over by a house. <laughs> Such a different time. Money was nothing. Money was nothing. It was like, hey, I found a dollar on the street. I guess I'll go to college. <laughs> right? That's exactly what it was. Exactly. Such different times. Then all of a sudden, money meant something. Are we doing the show right now? Well, is this the yet. pre-show? This is the pre-show. Does this count? This Do I get paid for this part? <laughs> you don't get paid for this oh, part. Oh, I'll shut up then. <laughs> we'll start the show. everyone. My name is David Dedrick. Do I get paid now? Yes, you do. Oh, thank goodness. Thank you, Patreon. I'm Ian. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 409 right, of the Sneaky Dragon Podcast. That song, right? That's right. I played a little Beach Boys before the show started because uh, it's episode 409. She's real fine, my 409. What's your favorite Beach Boys song? Uh, I get around. Okay. But what's your favorite Beach Boys song? <laughs> I get around with the oh, Beach Boys, oh, nice. which was their response to the the uh, Beatlemania. Oh, all right. And it went right to number one. Nice. Yeah. And knocked a Beatles song off of the top yep, of that's the right. charts. That's what it did. All right. Yeah. It was. Uh, the, Brian Wilson felt like the beat the beach the Beatles had thrown down the gauntlet, and he he responded in kind. Okay. That's a great song, and I love the organ sound in it. There's like a. It's almost like a roller rink organ playing in the song, which is very strange, of course, because it is sort of a. A rockin' song, but it has this weird organ in the background. And you can just hear it mostly in the fade-out, but I really love how it sounds. So if the Beatles hadn't broken up would and they had all survived, mm. would they be doing county fairs today? The Beatles? Yes. Um, like the Beach Boys. Like the Beach Boys. Well, I mean, the Beach Boys don't have to do county fairs. They do, though. But they do them. Yeah. They uh, they performed at the PNE. I could hear them from the mm-hmm. front of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my lawn. I... Uh, uh, as the Beach Boys. No, yeah. they're down the street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the central difference between the, the Beatles and the Beach Boys is that the Beatles... Were scared of uh, fairs? Scared, no, they knew when to wrap it up. Mm. They knew when to wrap it up. And if you don't wrap it up, you end up at a fair eventually? What's interesting... Or you're the Rolling Stones. I mean, you, you play concerts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They, they don't do fairs. Yeah, the Beach Boys got really uncool and never and never could regain it because... What happened? Well, it's it's a combination of things. One was... Like they had like this super peak with good vibrations. Like that was like that's where their career like peaked. And then Brian Wilson, you know, crashed. Mm-hmm. And so he was doing the Smile Project and that just fell apart around him for, for lots of reasons. Partly his own like he had a suffered a mental breakdown, like he had right. mental illness. So that was a problem. But also the family itself was they were kind of at loggerheads with the rate they're at loggerheads with the with the radio uh label or the record label, I should say. And, and, um, so that was an issue. And then most, most harmful to them, I think, is that they were supposed to play at Monterey, the Monterey Pop Festival, which was kind of like the be all and end all of coolness. And they didn't. Mm. And it kind of spelled the end for them in terms of, you know, like being a cool act that had, had some sort of, had some sort of like cachet, hit cachet, you know, so when, 
when Smile fell apart and they released the kind of hodgepodgey Smiley Smile album, which is a, is an okay album, but you know, in terms of what was expected to come out, it was a real come down. Right. And then not doing Monterey, and they just kind of lost their coolness. And so the end of the '60s, they were like this sort of old old timey act that had no value. You know, and they played concerts and stuff, but they weren't like well attended concerts. Hmm. And it wasn't till like in the early '70s when Endless Summer, the Endless Summer collection came out, that kind of cashed in on on nostalgia for the early '60s, probably in the wake of of Physical Graffiti. Then that was a, kind of their turnaround. What was then. Physical Graffiti? Sorry, the movie. Physical Graffiti. Oh, American Graffiti. I'm sorry. I'm thinking okay. of the I got the, the mixed up with the Led Zeppelin album. Sorry, American Graffiti. The movie American Graffiti were you, were came you out. Confusing it with the uh, Olivia Newton-John song Physical. Let's get Physical Graffiti. Yeah. Okay. And so let's get Physical Graffiti. Let's get, get Physical Graffiti. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's about going to the store and buying the Led Zeppelin album. True. Physical Physical Graffiti. And so then they became an oldies act. You know. So then they really had no value because they did put out records, but the records didn't sell that well. Brian Wilson, who was still kind of in, well, he had simultaneously had mental issue, mental health issues and a drug addiction, a major mm. drug addiction to cocaine. Uh, so he was producing stuff, but it was so off the wall to what the Beach Boys needed in terms of like becoming like a viable record telling, you know, thing that his... His efforts were like, as far as they were concerned, like garbage. And so they were just putting out like albums, kind of like treading water. But often they would submit an album to the record label. The record label would be like, not good enough. Wow. We need better songs on this thing. Wow. We can't sell what you've okay. given us. So oh, they're, 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 yeah, that's right. So yeah, they're really like suffering creatively. And, you know, now they have to settle down as an oldies act. And if you're not, you know, if you're not viable... You know, there's, if there's nothing, like the Rolling Stones, for whatever reason, like they kept it together through the 70s. Like Mick Jagger kept it together through the 70s, I should say. Okay. You know, like Keith Richards was useless because he was in the middle of heroin addiction. So, you know, he was just kind of like there. It's mostly like Mick Jagger who wrote most of the songs throughout the 70s and kept everything kept everything going. Like there's albums like where he played a lot of the guitar on the albums because Keith Richards couldn't hack it and there was no one else around. Is this Mick Jagger and maybe like uh, Mick Taylor or Ron Wood later, and then but they kind of rode the the wave into the early '80s in such a way that they kept some degree of of uh, you know of like, relevance of relevance, yeah, and a certain you know a certain amount of coolness. They're still kind of cool, and so Mick Jagger was good on uh, in videos. When videos came out, he was an interesting fellow to look mm, at in a video. Sure, more so than the beat. Beach Boys were. Yeah, yeah. 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 For whatever reason, like the idea that, you know, like Mike Love is the front man for the, for the Beach Boys, but I always thought he was like really boring to, like he doesn't really have much stage presence and doesn't do very much. Like the whole band was kind of that way. They were just kind of there. They're not like, yeah. they're not like an exciting they performing didn't, act. They didn't do well when things turned into uh, video. Well, they didn't do well when things turned to rock at the end of the 60s. Sure. Okay. Like things got really heavy and hard, you know, so bands. Like Led Zeppelin and 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 you know a band like the Who could kind of move out of being uh, a pop group into being a rock group with Tommy, but you know there's like Led Zeppelin and and then the whole bunch of acts that kind of came out in that early part of the seventies. You know some bands could kind of ride it, and lots of bands didn't. They just kind of went they just yeah. went went away. But yeah, the Rolling Stones were very clever. But I think I I often wonder if the Beatles could have. I mean, I guess they could have. 
It's just hard to know. Obviously, they didn't feel like it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just didn't feel like being the Beatles and having to like be work so hard to do, to, to be the Beatles. Right. Like you really feel like the albums that came, like the solo albums. You know, they're they're good, but they're not Beatles great. And you kind of wonder if they're just kind of like, well, it's good enough. You know, I could, you know, I could fight it out to make it a bit better or just put this out. You know, like with, when we were the Beatles, we would like, you know, really hash it out right. and make sure everyone, you know, make sure everything sounded great and make sure it was all working. And, you know, there's lots of like cross editing and additions from from all the members of the group. But when they're just by themselves, you know, it was just kind of like, well, I guess that's good. You know, good and they enough. were good enough that all of them had hit songs. Right? Sure, it's up to degree, up to a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul McCartney obviously is most successful in, in that way, but their albums are pretty good. But not not like not like Beatles good. You know, like they just they just lack that certain certain degree of uh, togetherness. But it's interesting because a tape just came out a little while ago. It's a recording. Uh, it was a meeting that was recorded for Ringo, who was in the hospital with stomach problems. And so they were having like a business meeting. So John Lennon recorded it for, for him so he would could hear what was said. And it's so it's between the three, George, John, and Paul. And John Lennon's talking like, you know, the Beatles are going to do another album. So he's talking like, okay, what's, you know, we've done Abbey Road, what's next? And it's Paul who's the one who's kind of indifferent to it all. And I, <laughs> I kind of wonder if it's like Paul felt like he was carrying the ball all the way through like the White Album, through up, up to Abbey Road, you know, doing all the heavy lifting and, you know, doing the, in the Let It Be sessions as well, which by, I guess at this point had still not come out. So so they're like looking at their new album, not Let It Be. And and for Paul, he's like, well, like, you know, like, what's the point of us? Like, what's the point? Like, why why are we going to do this? Like, just to be Beatles? Like, aren't, aren't we kind of feeling like this is over anyway? Like, hasn't that been what John's been saying by going and doing solo stuff and mm. playing concerts and stuff, like kind of moving away from the Beatles brand that, you know, you don't want to be a Beatle. So why are we talking about this? Yeah, it's interesting. Was George down for uh, keeping going? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. But it's hard to say, you know, he might have felt like, well, you know, we'll just see what these guys say. And I'll decide from there. You've now told me uh, the the reason for a, a comedy sketch I heard like last week. On okay. The Colbert. Okay. Uh, Steve, late uh, late show with Stephen Colbert. Well, yeah, they had the three Beatles discussing what comes next. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is enough. It's a sketch. Fine. Sure. Yeah. But I didn't realize what the premise was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's it exactly. And, I mean, and then they had Paul McCartney on for the entire episode, and he didn't sing, which was an odd thing. Mm. He just told stories and yeah. lightly plugged his uh, kids' book. Okay. Hey, okay. grand dude. Yeah. Hey, grand dude. Yeah. I, I didn't watch it, but that sounds interesting. I, someone sent me a, something to do with like a link for, it was a, I guess Ringo and Paul are going to do a John Lennon tribute of some sort. And they sent it to me and I, you know, I read it and I was kind of like, oh, hmm. And then I was like, you know what I miss? I miss their ambivalence to being the Beatles. Mm. Like I miss, I kind of miss the days when like Paul was like, well, I could talk about being a Beatle or I could talk about tug of war. Doesn't anyone want to hear about tug of war more than the dumb Beatles? You know, but now it feels like, you know, he kind of knows that. What's interesting about him is that he was a Beatle, not that he made Egyptian Station. Hmm. Egyptian Station is interesting to us because he was once a Beatle, not the other way around, you know? So he seems to have come to grips with that, but... He's know. done a lot of music since. He really Oh my has. gosh, yeah. of course he has. Yeah. But he's still a Beatle. And that's that's what you are. Like, he'll always be Pe- Beatle Paul. Yeah. He'll never be Paul McCartney's solo artist. He'll be former Beatle Paul McCartney. When he dies, he'll be 
Former Beatle, Paul McCartney, right. has died. Then they'll play Live and Let Die, and you'll go like, was that a Beatles song? No, that was... Like, they, oh, won't play, they won't play Live and Let Die. What will they play? No one wants to hear the what reggae they stuff. They'll play Hey Jude. Ugh. What do you mean, ugh? It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Mm, it's okay. <laughs> Get out of here. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, I, I hope they play Live and Die. It's really a... Nice. Well, if you want to hear that reggae part. Well, you know what? He can ask to have it removed. dead. that in your will. He has no say with it. No, I don't... I mean, they might play... Live and Let Die, but I, I doubt it quite a bit. I think it would be a Beatles song, Yesterday or something. You know, something that he's very well known for. And what do you think they'll play when Ringo passes? When Ringo passes away, don't I guess... Come, don't Come Easy. It'll be Don't Come Easy. It could be that, I guess, or Yellow Submarine or Octopus's Garden. <laughs> I don't think Yellow Submarine. Why not? It's a very popular song. It's weird it to have a, a bit of funeral like in the town where I was born is the first, first mm. line. A little joy at your funeral, why not? Yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. Why, you want to be depressing? I don't know. Let's hear something from Old Wave. Let's hear something from his less successful late 70s albums. That's depressing. This, was, this suits our funereal feelings. Something that does make me happy is that both of them kept doing music. Like just, mm. they both loved music so yeah, much. Yeah. They just kept doing it and For kept sure. doing it and kept doing it. That's great. They were who they were and they are who they are. Yeah. And that's nice. It's not, you know, I, I get what you're saying about the ambivalence. But I think I think the the Beatles situation, of course, like grows more and more every every year. It just gets bigger and it just gets bigger and it just gets bigger. And uh, and yeah, why not? Why not? I think we try to run from our past, you know, and at a certain point you embrace the past and just go, no, it's just part of what I am and there's no, there's no, there's no shame in it. And, uh, you know, if well, this is what people, brings people joy, yeah. I, can, I can sing these songs and do these things. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's a totally different situation for them now. Like when the Beatles broke up, they weren't even in their 30s yet. Yeah. You know? It all happened so fast. It all happened so fast. And suddenly you're in your 30s and you don't want to be defined by what you did in your 20s. Mm-hmm. So you're pushing against that. And so you're, you know, you're not playing. You're not going to play Beatles songs at, at your concerts. You know, you're not going to do that. What a chilling thought, though, it would be like if you were in your, uh, like, you know, you're that young yeah. and thinking like, I'll never do anything that's as impressive as what I've already done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that'd be so hard to, to think I, about that. Yeah. And I, yet you don't have to. Like, you don't you, have to, but you, yeah. you can still make like these amazing songs that people will love and enjoy and mm-hmm. do whatever you do. And, it, and it's all, it's all fine. You don't. Yeah. But, but it's a weird mindset. The idea of like, well, you've peaked, which I guess is what almost every athlete has to go through. You know, yeah. when you get into like your mid thirties or earlier, go like, well, guess I'm done. Guess that's uh, as good as it gets. And now I've got 50 more years to, <laughs> to, 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 to do things. Okay. But everyone will only, only care about yeah, you yeah. Know, the first 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be so strange. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, it's easier now for athletes because they make so much money. At least they have like a really soft mattress to fall back True. on. True. I mean, but that's like, you know, I can be comfortable now. Yeah. That's, which is fine and, and, and all well and good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you start off, I guess, with drive and ambition and like, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Yeah. And then like, well, you were one of the best. Oh, that's great. I'm one of the best. Okay. Now you're no longer one of the best. And now what? Now that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. That was it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like in my twenties. Yeah. Thanks. That was great. Okay. But what now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, right fine you know uh, you, you can your do own it way. for a while a while longer but mm-hmm. not as good and uh and then i don't know you know do whatever you want to do you got some money oh but that's not what it was about it was never about like making money otherwise yeah. would have gone into banking <laughs> you know would have gone into <laughs> yeah a lot of things that make money uh, it's so strange and it's hard too because 
you know, their skills as players might not trans translate into being uh, great managers or great coaches. You know, like what what made them great as players is not necessarily something that's teachable. You know, some someone like Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. who you know saw the game so instinctively, and you know, such a, like a freak of of ability. Like he had trouble. He was tried to coach. He coached the Phoenix Coyotes, but the team was never stellar. And I think a lot of that was because. He couldn't teach what he knew necessarily yeah. because what he, what he, you know, his knowledge would be kind of things like, well, you know, you just shoot the puck. When you get down close to the net, shoot the puck. But where? What am I looking for? What? You know, just where the goalie isn't, shoot the puck. You know, like it's hard to explain what made you. What brought him to the point where yeah. he became Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. It reminds me of um, with, uh, with comedy, there's always a big thing. It's weird. The difference between improv and stand-up yep. is improv embraces the idea that uh, you know you can be taught, and in fact, you should take lessons forever quite often. Um, whereas stand-up, a lot of people are like, no, you can't be taught stand-up. You just have to do it. You just have to do it, and you have to do it. And often they'll go like, you know, look at this person who's like a, you know, this this well-known stand-up comic. They're trying to teach stand-up, and they they can't do it. And it's like, well, it's not necessarily the person who's great at it that's the best teacher. You know, it could be someone who actually can't really do it themselves. You know, which often often it, often it is, but they know the way to it, and they can point you in the way to it, and yeah. you have the skills that they don't have. But as a teacher, they can they could possibly get you there or get you closer to what you want mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. But the idea is like, well, this person ain't any good. Yeah. You know, they can, if they can't make it professionally, why would I? Why would I listen to them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like because they still have something to say that's a value, sure. possibly. Sure. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the same with you know coaches in sports as well. I mean, most coaches in sports were not great. They they were they would often make it to a professional level, but they never made it to a high professional level. Right. You know, but. What makes them valuable is that what, you know, they didn't have the skills necessarily to, to be as professional as they were. What they brought to the game was a real knowledge and an understanding of strategy or, or you know, um, I can't think of the word now besides strategy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but you can, and you can playmaking also, and how, you can also you know, observe another person in a different way than you could observe yourself. Mm-hmm. You're yep. way you're way too close to yourself. In fact, you live inside yourself quite yeah. often. Quite often, yeah. And you should otherwise call a doctor. Um, <laughs> and, and you're too you're too close uh, to yourself to to see the flaws. Yeah, you know, and you can see them in 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 someone else. It's interesting. Like I often wonder, like thinking in terms of like actors directing. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Clint Eastwood. I wonder what. I mean, a lot of people who've worked with Clint Eastwood have talked about how great he is to work with as a director. But I wonder what he brings to the table as as a as a director. You know, like is it calm? Is it you know trust in you as an actor? Is it you know apparently he runs a very tight set, mm-hmm. so things are you know there's not a lot of time wasted. So some actors maybe do better with that, where there's not a lot of waiting around for for a shot to be done. You know, it's just kind of you get it done, yeah. so you kind of keep in the emotion of the scene. Like it's just hard to know. Like you know, it's um, he's not an as far as I know, he's not an actor who use or not a director who uses actors again very often. You know, like he's someone who he, he directed Million Dollar Baby, right? Yep. Yeah, and then did he also direct Every Which Way But Loose? Yep. Yeah, that's interesting that that's the same director. Mm-hmm. You would not necessarily mm-hmm. think that. But who also directed Sully mm-hmm. and directed El Camino? Yeah. You know, some movies he stars in, some he doesn't. Unforgiven? Did he direct? He directed Unforgiven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you know, he's a. I think he's a good director. He directed like Mystic River. You know, he's, but he also directed, what's that one in the Garden at Midnight or whatever? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? That's right, which was a real 
apparently I didn't see it, but apparently a real. That was a Kevin Spacey film, right? He's in it, yes, but but Clint Clint Eastwood directed it, and I guess it's a bit of a mess. You know, it may not have been that happens to everybody. Yeah, yeah. it may not have been the material for him. Who knows? But yeah, it's. I just kind of wonder. Like sometimes you can see an actor, you can see like, oh, I think he would be a good director because I can see him like bringing some personality to it. Seems like to me, and again, this is just me pulling stuff out of different orifices. Um, But someone like a Clint Eastwood or a Ron Howard. Before they became film actors, they were television actors. And so yeah. they were used to that kind of set and just really cranking yeah. it out, cranking yeah, it yeah. out, cranking it out, cranking it out. We got to sure. get it done. We just got to get it done. Mm. And then it moved on to film and they saw, okay, well, now things expand and you've got a little more time to, mm-hmm. to mess about and yeah, what yeah. have you. But yeah, in both cases, you know, I've heard that Ron Howard and Clint Eastwood do write a t- run a tight set and that feels like that's their background. Yeah. It's like, yeah. get it done, get it done, get it done. You guys come from television mm-hmm. and you guys come from episodic television where it wasn't necessarily, we got to make this great. Yeah. We got to get this done. <laughs> and if it's great, yeah. that's great. Yeah. But, you know, we got to like, come on, Opie. Come like, on, uh, you know, Richie. Yeah. Come no, on, I, whatever I guess that's his true. job was on that Western. I guess that's true. Was. But, but, um, Clint Eastwood also learned, you know, his his directing comes out of the movies that he made as well, though. Mm-hmm. Like working with someone like Don Siegel, like on Dirty Harry or sure. The Beguiled and stuff like that. You know, so he would have been used to a guy like that's direct, directing style, which also would have been pretty down and dirty because he came out of B-movies more than right. anything. In both these cases as well, they've directed many different styles of movies. That's right. Very, very, yeah. very different. I know, types. yeah. When you look at Ron Howard's, like his, his uh, filmography... Yeah, you're just you're like he directed that. You yeah, know, you forget about that, movies that, that he did. That. Yeah, There's yeah, a bit of that with uh, Rob Reiner as well, mm. where you're just like, oh, Spinal Tap, but then into you know, A uh, Few Good Men. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but then it's, you know, it just keeps going and going until you get to North, and then for some reason people went, oh, we don't like him anymore at the end. <laughs> uh, we're done. We're uh, done. Thank you, Rob Reiner. That was a big mess. A big miss and a big mess. It's okay if it's a successful mess. And once again, a-, a television person. Mm-hmm, once again, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I think, but I, you know, like or maybe Penny Marshall as well. Penny Marshall, though Penny Marshall was was not known as a director who ran a tight set by any stretch mm. of the imagination. Is that right? she, her, yeah, she was famous for doing way too many takes that like would drive the uh, actors crazy and getting so much coverage okay. that everything would fall fall behind schedule. And she she did good movies and they and they did. They but, did fine, but uh, but yeah, that was always a thing with people, just like oof, whenever they tell but, stories about. Well, I guess so. But there, Tom Hanks worked with her twice. He worked sure. the big end on uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, I, League I've, of Their Own is one that is famously holy shit. That's a lot of takes. Is that right? Yeah, every actor that's on it will go like, oh man, that was oof, oh boy. She yeah. really embraced the Elaine May directing style. Mm, is that what Elaine May did? Yes, yes, okay. she directed her. She did take after take, partly I think to break down actors. To yeah. break down habits. Sure. She did that with Ishtar, with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. You know, not only did she cast against type with both of the actors, right. but she also made them do the scenes like 70 takes and stuff like that. I gotta watch that again. I gotta watch that again. I got swept up into the, uh, this is a hot mess thing, but... Uh, I mean, I saw it in the theater at the time and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was fine with it when I saw it in the theater as yeah. well. And then afterwards it was like, oh, this film. Yeah. It just became famous <laughs> as like a famously bad film. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but... I. I don't think there is an Elaine May movie that is a perfect movie because I think that she brings a certain amount of chaos, chaos and problems of, yeah, to, to edge. And, every uh, one of her movies is like that. You know, I think the only one that was done like in a way that where the studio and her agreed on it was The Heartbreak Kid. But I know that uh, New Leaf 
and Mickey and P- or Pete and I can't remember it's called now. It's got uh, Peter Falk and John Cassavetes in it. Okay, as a couple of low level low level gangsters, uh, one trying to double cross the other. That movie w- once again was not you know not released was her cut was not released, and so that you know she disowned that film, and which is why she didn't she just kind of didn't. I mean, she was so brilliant. So she must have like stepped into a lot of movies and did rewrites where mm-hmm. she like saved the film a couple times to the point where studios are like, well, she's brilliant. She has to be given a movie to do because she's just doing the best thing yeah, right, she ever. She's doing. And then here's Eshtar, you know, and then next thing you know, she's like, has people painting the sand in the desert and, you know, to, to the disgust of the people like, and the problem with Ishtar more than anything was that Warren Beatty was a, was a, one of the producers of the film. So he's not only starring in it, but he's also, you know, putting money into it. Mm. And so he's watching the wastage in front of his very eyes and, you know, and also he's a notorious, uh, notoriously difficult person to work with, Warren Beatty. He drove Hal Ashby crazy doing shampoo, apparently, which is kind of Hal Ashby's fault in a way for going into that film because it was, a pro- it was Warren Beatty's project and then he came into it, Hal Ashby okay. came into it. And I think they both had contrasting ideas of what it was supposed to be. And Hal Ashby felt as a director, he should have prime, you know, his he should be the one who's making these decisions and where sure. Beatty is the producer, actor, slash, you know, person who who was right, who had started the, the project, felt like he should have control over it. And there's a lot of clashes and stuff like that. And he's, you know, like I say, he's notoriously a hard ass. But yeah, so it's, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with all this, but... Uh. <laughs> You just want to talk about Warren Beatty's hard ass. Because <laughs> Warren Beatty went in direct direction as well. Sure. Like he did Reds, Reds yeah. which is a very good movie. But then he also did Dick Tracy, which is an interesting movie. I'll, I'll you know, it, it was something. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting. What it needed was more of the spirit of Dick Tracy in it. Mm-hmm. Like I think it lacks the cruelty of the, the real, like, I feel like no one actually read Dick Tracy. Because no. they kept talking about like primary colors and all that stuff. I'm like, well... Like the, the Dick Sunday Tracy, strips, yeah, maybe. the Dick Tracy I knew was black and white. Like I grew up reading and the little um, red all over, <laughs> well, the holes in the hands and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, from the he sh- would uh, he would shoot a person for like seven oh, ways to Sunday. No, for no, yeah, it was I mean, a tough number. It was, it was a gangster strip, and it would be interesting actually to do it as almost as like a TV show or a Netflix miniseries now and see mm. if you could pull it off. See, yeah, see yeah, like choose one of the more like yeah, like but kind of go all out in the terms of like in terms of like the extremity, like have the actor. Like have prune face like look like prune face. You well, know? like it's it's you you back then you had Batman and you had Dick Tracy. Yeah, and there were similarities to their villains. In fact, they had Two Face and Half and Half, which were very very similar. Hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah. then Dick Tracy went down the clean and tidy road. It mm-hmm. felt like with cartoons and whatnot. He was kind of forced to because he was a newspaper strip. That was the the thing. Sure. Uh, and then Batman also kind of did that, but then took a dark turn. And you know, uh, Frank Miller did the, you know the Dark Knight Returns and whatever. And now we're having like a Joker movie that is you know just people are like, ooh, what's this solar solo Joker movie? Oh, <laughs> don't you know, know what to make of it. Whereas you could have you know you would you you would be having like a flat top yeah. movie, and we'd see what's yeah. uh, what's the deal with that guy. Well, I can't remember which which one it was, but one of the stories it might have been Pruneface. It ends with the with Pruneface dying. But he's in like a shootout with the police and the, he dies because his hands are cut on the broken glass in the window. Mm-hmm. But it's a winter scene. So like all the snow is blowing in. 
So he's like laying on the snowbank in the window of his apartment, shooting it out with the police, and he just kind of bleeds out and dies there. Ugh. And you're just like, what an ending. <laughs> so, so, ugh. but yeah, it's uh, and that's the other thing with him is he would just he would kill his villains. Yeah, like a Batman villain comes back, like you never. Sometimes you bring him back as a the child of the villain, like Flattop Junior. Mm, yeah, who yeah. seemed to be the exact same age as his father. <laughs> but but yeah, for would, the most part, yeah. Like when you know eighty eight keys died, that was the end of eighty eight keys. You so never back, saw him again. In, back in the day, Batman would uh, you know the villains would die as well. Mm. Like Joker would die, or Doctor okay. Death would die. And yeah, yeah, he did die because you weren't thinking. Well, better, better <laughs> keep these in my pocket for later on. I need these in twenty years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It took uh, Superman a long time to stumble upon Luther. Mm. Like he was, he was around. And like, is this something? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, he's a redheaded guy, you know. And uh, they got a little confused, actually, I believe, because Luther's henchman was bald. And then the next time they brought Luther back, they made him bald. Okay, because they got him confused with the henchman. <laughs> then he's been bald ever since. I mean, it's that kind of slapdash. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like man. I, I got to tell you, I love that. I just love that. That's to me is like the magic of that sort of creation i hate really hate the the um careful attention like i feel yeah. that's i feel that's so stifling when you get a comic that's starting now and they say something like uh, we're going to be universe building that's mm. like oh no yeah just tell some stories mm-hmm. let the universe build on itself and if someone goes like let's have these guys team up at a later point that's fine but like don't plan it yeah don't plan yeah. it out in advance oh no oh no no i mean i've talked about uh, Anthony Trollope being like the first universe builder that I can think of, like someone who created a little world that mm-hmm. his characters inhabited that was more than just like a single book long. But in terms of that, like he didn't, it wasn't interconnected. Like the next book wouldn't, the other, you know, the characters in the last book wouldn't be like major characters in it. They might be mentioned or it's in the same area, but it's not directly related. So there's no like, you know, characters aren't, aren't going to return book to book. You only see them once. Or twice, and then then they're done. You know, like because the Barchester stories do kind of have a bit of a the uh, Barchester Towers and the Warden do have some carry on in characters, but most of the books are just they're only Barchester, Barchester books because they're set in the same region oh, okay. as the other stories. And there might be like a mention of two characters at a party from another book, but that's all you'll get. So there's no attempt to like build you know characters in in the sense of like these sort of very elaborate, right? Um, how like how comic books have started to do it. But it, like I say, to me that feels really tiresome. And I've expressed it before, just the sense of, I just feel it takes away like the sense of excitement and adventure from the characters that you're suddenly locked into this single idea, you know, like Doctor Who has 13 reincarnations or, you know, or whatever they're called. Like that's all you get, you know, they can't have any more, you know, it's coming up, 13's coming up, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I don't know, just make it 14? What do they, yeah, what do they so care? It's all uh, magical uh, make them up, so yeah, yeah, so yeah that's, go for it. That's the only reason it exists anyway is because... Yeah. The original actor couldn't couldn't perform the part anymore because of illness, so they need... And you think, like, 13, well, we're not going to be doing it for that long, yeah, so exactly. it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something like, you know, Batman and Superman been teaming up for me is like, oh, that's a neat idea. But if you have them <clears> doing it every month, it's like, well, this lessens both of their characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, because Batman exists in a world where Superman exists. So if things go really, really bad, really bad, like yeah. there's a kidnapped villain, uh, like, a, like someone kidnapped by the Joker... 
and Batman, you're not going to call Superman and have him use his X-ray vision to find this yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Well, now you're an egomaniac <laughs> and you're a jerk. Yeah. Or the Joker or a Penguin are going to like gas the city. Mm-hmm. Well, you should call your friend Superman and have him suck in all the gas, and uh, then you got there you go. Like get that uh, signal watch that Jimmy Olsen has. Also, you know, <laughs> Superman lives in a world. Where there's this little guy called Batman who basically does almost the same stuff he does. And it's like, well, what's a big deal being Superman then? When, you know, this guy's, you know, can also beat up robots and do all this kind of thing. And he's a really good detective too. And quite frankly, you should call him when you're a little stumped by what <laughs> Luther's up to, you know? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Might, have some, he might have some good ideas. He yeah, can you, brainstorm together. You know that millionaire that's messing you up that's over there? You know, you've got a millionaire brilliant guy over here. Maybe uh, get a little advice. Go, hmm, how's that? Uh, how's that all go? And uh, and and you get that all fixed. Does Superman know who Batman is? Yes, he knows his, his alter ego. Yeah, hmm. yeah, because of many things, including <laughs> he can just hear his heartbeat. He can smell oh, the okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. Even if he's not using X-ray vision, it's like, yeah, that's that's Bruce Wayne. Mm. Yeah, I can hear his heartbeat. It sounds the same as Bruce Wayne. It's it's Wait, Bruce are, Wayne. Are our heartbeats? Ways to identify us? Yeah, because uh, everyone's got a unique heartbeat. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I didn't know that. So they say. Well, I, I, mine, you mine, got a unique most things. My mine beats it beats a shave and a haircut two bits. Oh, does it? Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. So it's got the comedy timing going. Yeah. Mine keeps going SOS, which uh, I don't know that's, a, <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah, it almost sounded like you're going. With the beautiful eyes. That's what's that song? Big noise from the camera's called Little China. No. Hmm. That would be that would be good. You know, someone out there, please write a book called What What Are They Like? Or something like that. Like, what is it like to work with John Carpenter as an actor? What is it like to work with Martin Scorsese as an actor? What is it like to work with Whoever, you know. I wonder if there's any resentment from the traditional film directors when a director from the world of television, you know, kind mm-hmm. of rises up. Or, you know, more recently, someone rises up from commercials yeah. or, or music videos or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oof, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't get work in this new, you know, this hot, new guy hot, it, hot thing. His visuals. Just, yeah, just directed a Tiffany video. That's right. I'm going that old with the references. Uh, you wow. know, does this their thing. and Or I guess like nowadays it's going to be like YouTube or some sort of like online thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy who directed, who made those little horror shorts on YouTube, like mm-hmm. became Lights Out, you know, sure. and directed that. Although the movie's not very good, but he did come from YouTube to do the movie. And you got now Lily Singh is, uh, you know, she's got the late night show on, on NBC and she was huge on YouTube. That's what they're hoping. And, and that's they're hoping what, it'll trans- translate. They're hoping it'll, the, they're hoping it'll translate. I don't know if it, I don't know if it will. I don't know. I don't think it, it works that way myself. I don't, I, but I don't know if it matters. Like, I think like if, if then the online version of that does so well that maybe even the TV version doesn't matter. It depends who they're yeah, trying yeah. to sell their products to. Sure, exactly. And, you know, if they're if they're getting enough love from a small group that has yeah. enough money to spend, then you don't need necessarily need crazy ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched her first I watched her first episode and it, and you know, look, what are you going to do? You're I mean, it, there's no one who started off you know, money in the bank. No one started off like great by, by any stretch of the imagination. So, 
you know, I'm like, you got to give like at least a year or if not more mm -hmm. to, to find, to find your sea legs. Yeah. But, uh, the only thing that bothered me about it was it was, uh, it was constantly saying, we've got great show. Things are good. We, uh, things are great. This next thing's going to be great. Are you having a great time? Things are great. And it was constantly going like, things are great, right? Reinforcing. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah, just, just do the thing. You don't have to constantly say that things are great. And the next <laughs> thing is going to be great. And that thing that we just had was great. I yeah. get that you're right and you're excited and that's fantastic. But just like, now let's, they were never really in the moment mm. that was there. Yeah. And yeah. it was, and, and there wasn't like a moment where there was a little beat of awkwardness or room room for anything it was just like this to this to this to this to this which again if you're on youtube yeah that's what it's go 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 yeah but yeah it was like well, i'm looking forward to when there's a bit of loosening up and you actually have a conversation or your thing yeah yeah calms down calms down you can reveal who you actually are or don't even have conversations for crying out loud when i saw the interview it was like are we doing interviews we got lots of interviews yeah we're plenty good why not do something with this person instead you know the things that people seem to like are like a carpool karaoke or mm. you know playing games or eating hot wings or doing whatever just do a thing don't necessarily huh. you know to, uh, have like a question about you know their past and what they're up to unless that's what you're doing and yeah. that's your show yeah. but that isn't really what you're doing and this is all just like well now we're in filler now we're now you're just talking about your tv show hey fine <laughs> you know do something do a magic trick speaking of that um i was watching shia labeouf on uh, hot ones which is the show you mentioned where they eat hot wings and do an interview mm -hmm. and uh i gotta say it was it was impressive it was impressive partly he was impressive like he seemed very reasonable sure. you know as the guy you know for like screaming at you to just do it which which was a goof which was a goof that's what he said yeah it was the thing they did it was like a meme maker yeah they wanted to allow people to make memes around around this thing and so that was what they were doing which was fun i was like oh that's really interesting but he also he started off by like dabbing the wings with the hot sauce so he's like, you know, so you have the wings already covered in sure. hot sauce, but then he's taking the bottle, opening it up and putting more on yeah. and often cracking them open because they're, they're like sealed right. bottles. So he's cracking them open, dabbing the wings. So the host has to as well. So the host is dabbing. Yeah. And then they dabbed all the way to the very end. And they were both like sweating. Uh, snot was pouring out of Shia sure. LaBeouf. He's crying. Oh, it was good though. They really manned up because it was like, he's like, well, we got to do it. Seth Meyers' one is good too. For is that right? Where yeah. he, he will, he just goes all the way. Yeah, and, and takes it. Yeah, most do, and I'm always I'm surprised at how many people actually do make it all the way through. Some bail quite early, but he uh, he made it through. That one of the singers from uh, the, the first one I ever watched was Eve made me watch um, one of the guys from one. What's it called? First Dimension, First Direction, One Direction. Who? Uh, <laughs> One of, the, one of the singers. Um, the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension. That's right. That's right. Marilyn McCoo eating uh, hot hot wings. Yeah. Uh, ate one and died immediately. <laughs> she did. Way too old for that. <laughs> she phoned back and said, you know what? After I ate those wings last night, I couldn't get to sleep at all. <laughs> the No. 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 Uh, when he was little, she used to escape from her crib. Yeah. And run up another hallway. And I always go, last night, Eve didn't get to sleep at oh. all. Oh, oh. So it's also fun to yell, Logan, we have a runner. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't yell that. That's been a while. I didn't even. I know that, you, I know that you're right, but I, I never remember to think, say that. Huh. I wonder how old I was when I saw that movie. In junior high school, for sure. 
Probably early junior high school. I saw the TV show first, and it freaked me out because it was the first time I ever saw someone get hit with a laser beam, turn into a skeleton, mm. and then just the skeleton fell to the ground. I was like, jeez, <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. There was also, sorry, an episode of Swiss Family um, Robertson, Robinson yeah. uh, where they uh, went to a cave, and there was a skeleton that was there, and it was covered in ants. Oh. And it was like the guy had been eaten alive by ants. Mm. And I think I turned to my grandparents and just went, what? It's like, oh, yeah, that can happen. That can happen? Wait, that can happen. Those little things on the ground that are outside, yeah. if there's enough of them, I get turned not, into a skeleton man. Not, not those kind. but yeah. Holy moly. And what a, what a way to go with, like, just the teeniest bites. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It just it, it horrified me beyond belief. Just so you'll be happy to know the shock will kill you first. The shock of what? The shock of being eaten by ants will kill you first. How many ants do I have to do before the shock? Ten? Well, I don't want to go into details. I'm just trying to, like, make it easier for you. The shock will kill you first. You know, it's like if you fall out of a building. Yeah? I'd rather say that. fall out of a building. Well, yeah, because the shock will kill you first. Before you fall to your death, okay. you'll go and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll faint or you'll, you'll die of a heart attack okay. before you ever hit the ground. Why don't people who uh, parachute... Uh, uh, go into shock and uh, not pull the cord. Uh, you know, listen, details are not important. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, before you uh, start to make you feel better, we're falling out of a building. Okay. You know, like, you know, like, it's scary, of course. Like, you could die eating, uh, like, just in a restaurant and having a steak. Great. It's you could choke, being eaten by ants. You could choke to death on the steak. But here's the thing to remember. Mm-hmm. You'll die of shock before they <laughs> choke to death on the steak. So it's okay. Uh-huh. You know. All right. <laughs> so it's fine you know like i mean it sounds like a terrible death of course mm-hmm. joking that you can't look to you be, can't breathe you can't say honest, what's here, wrong look, you know a lot of people say you're slowly being asphyxiating it is like a horrible thing but if you get the electric chair you're gonna die of shock oh you'll die of shock before you die, before you die of, from the shock of the electric from chair from boredom yeah. <laughs> yeah, the electric shock <laughs> So uh, you saw Logan's Run when you were uh, a certain age you were saying. yeah well, I was because I had just like when you make a re- reference like that, I'm like, oh, that's true. But I wouldn't think to, I couldn't think to make it because it's so long ago that I saw such a right. thing. And again, I, I, I saw the TV show. You never saw the movie? I saw the movie much later oh, on. Oh, okay. But I the see. TV show had uh, had that and it was like, uh, it was like all the things like uh, Planet of the Apes. I watched the TV show mm-hmm. first. They, they would make TV shows out of uh, movies you would not in any way expect them to make uh, <laughs> yeah. TV shows It's kind of weird to make a TV show of Planet of the Apes. Like, yeah. Did they have a surprise ending of every episode? Every one of them, yeah. yeah. They, they were all surprised by a different thing. Like the big bends buried yeah. in the sand. You bastards, you blew it all up. Or yeah. what do you call it? You see the Eiffel Tower. It's like, now I get it. <laughs> that makes sense. This is Earth. The Liberty Bell. Okay, now we're getting a little boring. <laughs> That's right. Mount Rushmore, <laughs> but only one of the presidents, because we've got to do this three more times. That's right. Mount McKinley. I guess that makes sense. That it's, I guess so. It's a standing there. Anyway, it's not like, oh, well, forget it. I don't like that so excited about it. Planet of the Apes, the TV show, uh, it's an odd little show. That's an odd show. What's an odd show? Planet of the Apes, the TV show. Oh. The masks are right. Like they, okay. They, they, get they just the, use the same masks? Yeah, they get the look right. Yeah. It's all fine. Uh, I watched I watched a bunch of those at the same time. I, I tried to watch the animated series, which is the slowest moving thing you've ever seen in your life. Like the, <laughs> the first episode is them crossing a desert. It's just them crossing a desert, oh, wow. and then there's a lot of long shots of them in the desert walking slowly across the desert. 
while occasionally they'll cut to a bunch of like these are the astronauts, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they'll cut to a bunch of apes, and you're like, now we're talking, <laughs> and the apes are all like. We're apes. We're gonna ah! I'm like, oh boy, that's something. Anyway, back to the astronauts crossing the desert. Yeah. And do you think they meet each other in that first episode? Oh lordy, no. Nope, we don't have any of that. Just a yeah. lot of desert crossing and long conversations. And I think uh, I think Jack Kirby designed a lot of it too. So it's it's good looking, but uh, yeah. wow, it's slow. <laughs> it's so so slow. With Planet of the Apes, like the apes themselves are. I th- in fact, I'm sorry. I think in the TV show, they figure out that it's Earth almost immediately. They get it. They're just like, where are we? Oh, let's check this out. Oh, it's Earth. Okay, where it's Earth? And then they just yeah. get on with it. Does the, does the culture in Planet of the Apes make much sense? They have guns, right? Yes, they do. And they have, like, iron bars for cages. That's also correct. But they live in, like, huts. Like, they don't have houses. They don't have, like, elaborately built houses. They, don't use, they don't, haven't de- developed screws or nails. I don't know. They how don't you, have hammers. I don't know how you don't like, develop nails. Uh, yeah. That are pin, I mean, because guns have pins in them, right? Yeah, yeah. So they know. Like, why these are they? Why exist. are they living in these? Can like, they replace the parts in guns, or like they don't make their own guns? These are guns from the previous world, right? That they've still got a. Really? I think I assume so. Well, like how they smelt things. Is but that wouldn't what they it do? Ta- wouldn't it have taken time for them to like evolve? Where into, are they getting like, gunpowder from? Yeah. They're making their own gunpowder? Well, they have to make their own gunpowder, yeah. Like okay. they have to, you know, so they have to have like some techno- technological know-how. It just feels like their their culture is like it looks like like Iron Age culture. Right. But they have really sophisticated to some degree some sophisticated tools. What was using. it? Okay. Sorry. This is the, the this is my dumb question that maybe you know the answer to. I, or maybe our listeners know I'm the shaking answer my head cuz I don't know it. But what's, ask me. What's it like? Clearly, it's a sci- it's a sci fi story. Yeah, that you're supposed to go. Maybe like, okay. Okay, it's a, you don't think it's a sci fi story? I thought you were objecting to that. That was a sci fi story. It's a sci fi story. It's a sci fi story. Okay, yeah. um, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Sci-fi it's a Twilight. Story. Okay, there. That's exactly right. So a Twilight Zone episode traditionally would be like, oh, I get it. These are the Russians. We're the the. Yeah. But we thought we were the this, but we were actually the that. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So. What's the point? What do you mean? What's the point? Like, what's the point of uh, of like you know their their culture or whatever? What are they supposed to represent? Or is the whole thing what? that like we think that we're on this uh, barbaric alien culture? Yeah, wrong. This was all our fault the whole damn time. Yeah. This is where our barbarism has led us to this crazy planet of the apes. Though a lot of the people in the planet of the apes that are apes. Yeah, not so bad. There's a nice, nice uh, lady ape who's uh, helping him out. Mm. You know, uh, you know, Doctor Zayas uh, is. I've run a little hot and cold on Doctor Zayas, but you know, <laughs> um, are they supposed to represent something like? Oh, this is. I don't think the apes represent like archetypes or anything. Yeah, but I do they're think they're not symbolic of anything. They're not symbolic of anything. Like we've I, we've gone back in our evolution. Now we've gone back to apes. I don't think that's, we were so dumb. No, no, we no. used the ultimate weapon, and now look, we're apes again because because yeah. science because uh, the world nature has just gone. No, fuck you. You don't get to. You didn't evolve. Where well, I'm pushing you back down. Yeah, yeah. The evolutionary ladder. Now you're this, and if you fuck up again, you're fish. I will make you fish, and uh, see how you like that. Well, I think that is a story that. You know, because the end of the movie is Charlton Heston saying, you blew it all up. So right. that implies that, you know, I think the movie is sort of a nuclear weapon allegory. So the idea that, you know, we've destroyed our civilization. So we did devolve right. into like these non-speaking humanoids, whereas the apes took advantage of that that gap in the in the evolution, you know, in, in the food chain or in the, yeah. the whatever, the 
power chain of of animals to move into it and develop speech and develop uh, you know some rudimentary technology. Right. Though and are that's the a apes, story. Are the apes, to be blunt, aping what we did, or have they got their own culture and whatever? Or are they just mimicking? What has come before in a barbaric parody of uh, of uh, you know um, humanity is is that what they're is that what they're doing? That's hard to know. I mean, that by that you'd have to. I mean, I would say. And I'm that, just taking this from the first movie, not the yeah, yeah, later yeah. films that use time travel. And I've never seen any of the later ones. I've only seen the first one. Uh, you know what? I think he. Okay, all right. There's there's merit to some okay. of the other ones. Okay. Roddy so, McDowell is very good in all of them. Mm, yeah, I like him. Um, I think you know, like if you think in terms of like political structures, there's there's sort of a limited number of them. Like if you have a group of people, mm-hmm. how are you going to how are you going to run things? How are you going to get things done? Right. You know, you you're kind of limited to what you can do. You can have like an autocracy. What is their government? I think it is like an autocracy. Like there's a one group in power who kind of lorded over everyone else, right? Yeah, they don't vote. vote there's no, I don't think there's an elect, I don't think there's a democracy or any okay. sense of democracy. But that's another alternative, right? Like, so eventually they could turn to democracy. Right. And have like one ape, one vote. Do they have, uh, do they have other ape tribes that they have to defend themselves about? Or is this just, everything is under, you know, one, one government? Well, it doesn't seem to be that way because to me, if there was going to be ape tribes, it would be broken down into species. But orangutans and gorillas and apes seem to all be working together. Right. As they're, I think gorillas and apes are the same, but you know what I mean. Like they're they're not like broken up into various types of you know like orangutans are here and gorillas are here. They're all together and they seem to be working together in that way. You know, but it feels like the more the more uh, militaristic ones are the ones who are in control in this culture. You know, so it is like a military dictatorship. Okay. You know, or an autocracy or whatever you want to call it. So then. So like it's you know so there's like a power group that rule over everyone else, which is you know a pretty common form of human, uh, you know, govern sure. governance through most of our most of man's history. That it was the kind of government we had kings who had power. They d- divvied the power up selectively amongst other people who would keep the power structure yeah. stable. Are they are they doing this because they've come up with this on their own? Yeah, I think it's... Oh, then they're not just copying I don't think what... They're, uh, I don't think they're necessarily copying. I mean, they could be, but I don't think it's necessary to think that way because I think, like I say, I think if you need, you know, there's a time when you can be hunter-gatherers mm-hmm. and then as you come together and, you know, you begin to, like, work in larger and larger communities, you need ways of controlling and, and running things. Okay. You know, you need ways of managing not just people, but all, but what they're doing, like... You know, like, so there's streets, that there's markets, there's farms that are providing food to the cities. You know, you need ways of of managing, you know, more and more, the more and more people there are. So you have to have some way of deciding, like, who is in control. So, you know, you could have democracy, you could have autocracy, you can have, a, you know, a, a, some sort of council or a co-op, you know, like a cooperative system. Mm-hmm. But there's a limited number of those kind of systems. So whatever... Is chosen, you know. In this case, it's obviously like a power group has taken control. As like they have the they have the guns, they have the yeah, they have the leather quilted jackets. They are very similar to gorillas, the other type. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that seems to be where the where it's the it's fallen to be this kind of. But it doesn't necessarily mean that'll be that, that way forever. Like you know, in the yeah, in, even in the history of man, there's been different types of you know like. In different types of democracies, different kinds of 
military sure. groups, military dictatorships. I don't think, like, you wouldn't really call, like, Roman society wasn't a democracy. Like, there wasn't voting done by, like, a population of people. It was a very limited group of, of people who had power, like, you know, the senators and stuff like that were mostly appointed by Caesar, you know, and so their interests relied in keeping Caesar in power mm-hmm. and keeping Romans it's in power. a different power. Caesar than the Caesar in uh, Planet of the Apes. In Planet of the Apes, yeah. He was yeah. a salad. Ah, not really. Ooh, monkey salad. <laughs> so I just think that you know, like, I don't think it has to be like an imitation of yeah. of anything. I think I'm it could just naturally. Here's, the here's, same way as people, like no one, no one was given like a roadmap to how we're going to rule it. Or right, but it, uh, when you got a sci-fi story, quite often if something's happening, it's usually uh, not a parody of, but it's inspired by something real, and it's a you know you compare it to yeah, the yeah. thing. What I would do with Planet of the Apes. If I was doing a second Planet of the Apes movie, now I realize yeah. there was many Planet of the Apes movies, mm-hmm. and there's been many, many. Um, listen, I, I I used to live in an apartment, yeah, and lo- looking across the street from for me, uh, there's a house, there was an, and that house is where full of apes. It was that was the thing. It was was uh, if you look at the remake of Planet of the Apes, yeah. not the Tim Burton one, but the one that came after that. The point where the ape goes no more, mm. that was a house that was directly across from where I used to live. Yeah. And that's where the ape revolution took place. So okay. I feel I'm pretty, uh, I know I'm a thing or two about an ape. Sure you um, do. <laughs> revolution. Okay. But uh, forget about that. From, if I was just doing a straight, straight, straight second movie yeah. to Planet of the Apes, yeah. I would have a thing where at one point uh, Charlton Heston or his equivalent yes. decides to get in a boat and see what things are like in uh, Europe. Okay. Goes. And discovers it's Planet of the Zebras. Ooh, that would be interesting. Right. And then the whole movie turns black and white. It's like, I would say, and he gets to, and he gets there. Yeah. And uh, everything's fine. And it's just humans. And it's all fine. Oh, really? And they're all like, what? What's going on here? It's like, <laughs> oh, that was just Yanks. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. You all uh, nuke things. So, uh <laughs> We all just like leave them alone. Yeah, and it's like it's all it's all apes, but like apes can't swim, so no one wants to uh, get in a boat. Well, it sounds like things went really downhill in in England as well. They all turned into uh, scos. Yeah, scosers. So they well, have at least their, we're not fucking apes, mate. The apes. We're not apes. <laughs> That's the thing. We're not a bunch of uh, monkeys with guns because yeah. we don't have the guns either really that much. We're not doing that kind of thing. We got got sometimes some knives and. Uh, <laughs> You know, how's your music? Scene? There's there's a badger over here, and the badger's got a knife. Mm. I mean, that guy. I don't like him. I don't like the look of him at all. Why but is- uh, you know, we haven't turned the whole fucking world into ape town, have we? So why don't you shove off, Yank? <laughs> he comes back a week later. It's Planet of the Badgers. Yep. Yeah, the badgers are like, yeah, that guy uh, was getting on my nerves. <laughs> and Charlton Heston goes, "You haven't got the accent." Like, I think it's just impressive that I can talk. I'm a badger. <laughs> Hmm. You think that would be a good second movie? I would like it if uh, the rest of the world just went, let's just let America go to the apes and do the whole fucking thing. Uh, and you know what? Are we going to go help them? You know what? Let's not. Let's just just let it play out. I think if let we them, learned anything from up. the more recent Planet of the Apes movies, is that wouldn't be a good idea. Not a good all, idea. Though. All I know is I bet in the world of Planet of the Apes, if you went to Australia, yeah. it would be fine. It's Planet of the They Qu- would be fine. They Planet be of the Planet Koalas. Of, no, they wouldn't be Planet of the fucking nothing. They would just be like still Australia, 100%. Yeah. They'd be fine. Well, no, but, well okay, well, let's face it. The first it. ape would go like, I want to take over, and they yeah. just push him into a crocodile, and that's the end of that. Well, the problem then, Australia would be people just driving around in cars, and it kind of 
desert landscape trying to find gasoline. Oh, that's true. They do have that situation. Yeah, though, that's a bad situation. What too. would you go with? Would you go with Mad Max or would you go with Planet of the Apes if you had a choice? <sighs> I feel like I feel like the apes are more reasonable. I I agree. Yeah. Like I think you could. I if, think you can. You if can you could get speak back from that, yeah. If you could speak, you'd be a, like a, a weird anomaly that that would be a curiosity to them. Yeah. But you could at least like live a life. It would be know? healthier too, I think, because uh, nature seems better in Planet of the Apes, whereas Mad Max, it's like you can barely get a drink of water. Well, yeah, well, you they, get sand. They everywhere. store it in. They store it at the top of a mountain, which seems really inefficient yeah, as really well. Dumb. That's the dumbest place to store your water, right? <laughs> it's kind of. There's dumb. a lot of problems with uh, with with that. Whereas apes, I mean, there's no. Problem in Planet of the Apes, we're like, can I get a drink of water? Yeah. Yeah, I have tons. We have tons of water. We're yeah. apes. We yeah. drink water. Yeah, of course. <laughs> By the way, do you want a banana? Because uh, we got lots of bananas, I didn't too. know that was an, an A to A. Uh... I don't think there was ever a problem in Planet of the Apes water. with we're getting apes. a meal. You no. know, the only problem was if you escape, we're going to chase you down with horses, and we're going to like throw a net on you, yeah. and we're going to bring you back to your cage. Yeah. And that's the, that's sure. the situation. There's lots of food. All you want to eat, as long as you enjoy bananas. It's unlimited. It's pretty good. It's fine. I don't think bananas are. I got a bit of a potassium deficiency myself. I think I'd probably benefit in that kind of situation. Mm, There you go. It's all for you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. It's all uh, for you is a Omen thing. That's a totally different movie. Not what? It's all for you. What does that mean? You saw the Omen, right? Yeah, I think I read the novelization. It's uh, the uh, woman goes, "It's all for you, Damien," and then like uh, kills herself. Oh yeah. All I remember about that book was that there was a character in it who was like a was like an Israeli. Soldier or something like that, and he cleaned himself with his own urine. Ooh. Yeah. I guess it's like a natural disinfectant. That's what they say. That's what that trailer for Fight Club said. Mm. But uh, that's all I remember from that, from reading that book. And I guess someone had a piece of glass slide into them. Ew. You never saw the movie? I did see the movie, but oh. I don't remember the, gl- the glass sliding. That this... probably did happen. I remember they killed a Doctor uh, Who. Killed uh, yeah, I think, the second th- Doctor Who. Yeah, didn't he die like with glass sliding into him? No, his he died oh, with else? a... Um, uh, metal. Uh, oh, that's thing, right. That thing that through. classic thing. Yeah. And then he uh, turns into the next Doctor. <laughs> Peter Davison's standing there with the with the thing through him. As well, well, that would be a drag. It's like if Doctor Who. I know they don't call him Doctor Who. I understand that. Maybe I'm talking about the one from the movies. Just say um, the Doctor. The Doctor. Uh, but like he's killed by like being impaled with the thing. Yeah. And the thing remains in him. Mm-hmm. So he turns into the next doctor. Yeah. But he's still got that thing in him. He's just, so he just he like dies, dies well. immediately. <laughs> and then he turns into the next doctor yeah. and it dies immediately. And he just keeps turning into yeah. more yeah. and more uh, doctors. Uh. Ugh. What a, what a horrible situation. What a way Until to go. Until he reaches 13, which yeah. apparently That's is the arbitrary Unlucky number. number. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is. What happens when he reaches his sweet 16? That'll be nice. Gets a cake. Okay. Yeah, it's nice for Does the, the doctor. doctor like cake? Does this, why wouldn't, who doesn't like cake? Mm. It's weird. He likes uh, fish fingers and custard, so I mean, the guy's a bit of a weirdo when it comes to taste. But now he's a, now he's a nice lady. <laughs> I don't know what she enjoys eating. I don't quite remember the last thing that well. Did you watch it? Too many characters for me. Too many characters. Three companions? Yep, too many. Well, I think Peter Davidson had three companions because he had Tegan and what's his face? Tur Turgon or <laughs> Turlo, and then Tegan Turlo, and another one. Titicaca. No, not Titicaca. I like I like her fine. She's good. Just there's again too much stuff going on, and yeah. everyone's got to have a say, and everyone's yeah. got to have something 
going on some business yeah and 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 you're like well this is a sort of interesting concept for what you're doing but then if you then have another character in that world or lord forbid two now we've got six (laughs) characters all yapping around and it's just like all right fine yeah you know it wasn't a wasn't a great season it was not a great season no again i think she's i think she's swell just like get her away didn't get her away from people and get her doing her own thing I didn't really like her doctor very much, and that's not to blame her because right? she's just re- you know acting to her a script. But I didn't didn't like the conception of the doctor very much. Who? What's the name of the actor who did it uh, before her? Peter was it Peter? Someone was it? Peter Capaldi. Peter Peter Capaldi. Yeah, I thought like again, I, I thought his his doctor was 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 interesting at first till he started talking to the camera, noodling on the guitar, yeah, and that having cool so glasses. And I'm just like, I don't think cool grandpa is the way to go with this. Um, but it just became a hot mess. Yeah, I didn't me, watch actually. that either. I really, back, he's I really got really off good. Of it. Yeah, he is. And good. I feel the same way here. I'm just like, oh, don't make those mistakes. Just like, just trim it, trim it back. Stop trying to make them cool. Mm-hmm. Stop winking. Don't make a lot of references to past doctors. Just like, what's your plot? Just full on go for it. Full on go for it. Yeah. And uh, now there's a lot of yip yap yip yap yip. <laughs> Yes, it certainly lacks something in the way of of uh, interesting. Yeah, and I'm not 100% sure what. I don't know how I would fix fix that show except to go like trim the fat, trim the fat, trim the fat. Have a couple of episodes with just the Doctor and whoever they run into. I would like to see more like kind of space things, space opera things. So like okay. spacey. Kevin some, Spacey, you want to, well, like to some, refer to him earlier. Yeah, like I, I really like the Tom Baker ones where he's like on a spaceship and there's problems like the, the one with the robots that are going cuckoo and killing people or the one where he get, goes in the spaceship and there's like some sort of insects have, have put a, you know, have, have like inf- infested the ship and are like, they have eggs in the crew that are in hibernation and stuff like that. Okay. That's a good one. Like I like those ones. I, I think, I wish they would do something like a little more like, like big feeling. I always feel like all the episodes feel small to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just thinking. Sorry, if the okay. if, if the doctor was uh, an American character, you'd be having like a real gritty uh, movie about a Dalek that's just like just a single Dalek in the city who's just trying to make a living and <laughs> just gets pushed around so much that you know it just ends up like getting a yeah. buy, buying like a plunger and just sticking it in themselves yeah and just finally just loses its mind and just wants to exterminate everything and you go like yeah man yeah i can relate to that dalek and the movie's just called doll this whole doll just called doll d-a-l okay because it's too obvious to call it the Dalek. Yeah, Dalek. And you like eventually he'll become the Dalek, but like everyone knows him as Dal. And yeah, he just just he's just like a he's just a guy trying to earn a living. He's yeah. got a hot dog cart for a while. <laughs> but there's another guy who's like selling pretzels that like pushes his hot dog cart over and it's just like, Oh, he invested all his money in that. Oh dear. And, and he's got like who you think is a girlfriend, but she's not yeah. really interested in him. She's just biding her time. Until she can uh, date R two D two, and uh, it's like, uh, but we're so similar, and it's like, no, he's really got his act together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really likes his beep and his boop. Yeah, it's like he's just a slave. He's a slave. You know, he can't. He, he say he's making ethical choices, but he's a slave. What choice has he got? If he does the, uh, does anything else, he gets his feet burned. And she's like, you don't understand. Yeah, you don't understand. You don't understand love. Uh, Oh, that's right. He's a, you know, maybe I don't understand love, but I understand hate. That's what he says. <laughs> then he puts the plunger in himself and he goes, ah, and it goes out. 
Yeah. And then someone tries to mug him and he kills him and he gets a taste for it. And he yeah. just really enjoys it. Yeah, sure. And he's like, well, okay, well, I can kill people who deserve it, he thinks. Yeah. But then it goes too far. Yeah. yeah. I have another idea for this movie title. Okay. Taxi Dalek. Oh, I like Taxi Dalek. Yeah. yeah, yeah that sounds pretty. That's right. Sounds very similar. <laughs> One day, rain will come and wash the scum off the street. One day, uh, yeah, rain will come and exterminate. <laughs> exterminate. That's right. Oh, and he's also best friends yeah. uh, with canine. Off okay. the top. Off the top, but that falls And then they place. start like kind of separating. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, mm, okay, sure, sure. like, I can't really endorse what yeah. he's saying. Well, who fucking asked you? Yeah. And it's like, wow, they got a lot of swears in this one. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, this is R rated for swearing. Yeah. And then at one point, the Daleks in a strip club and you see some full frontal nudity and yeah. you're like, oh, this is how they're earning their R rating. Sure, as well. sure. And he's talking to Amir. He's like, are you exterminating me? That's right. Are you exterminating? And then at me? one point, to be f- to, to yeah. you know, so you don't go like mm, I'm a little creeped out by all that. Yeah. You get to see his dick. What? Yeah, and so you get to see his penis. Yeah, uh, and uh, you go like, okay, this. that's fair. That's why we have some nudity over there. But you yeah. get to see some penis, and they're like, okay, okay, and that's how they win the Toronto Film Festival award. Is that right? Is that yeah. all it takes? Yeah. Huh. I was wondering what it's called. Tiff. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, you got to show some piss. Really? If I listen, if I don't see the Joker's dick in the next movie, I'll be just like. <laughs> Well, what's going on? Why are we even here if it's not to see the Joker's penis? Uh. What's the next level, folks? Clearly, I've got to see what's the deal with his penis. Yeah. And then once you've seen his penis, you're going like, well, I understand why he's so upset. Yeah. He's got a puppet. It's weird. Yeah. Know, and the weird trouble. thing is, yeah. he calls his penis the Riddler. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not, not Two-Face? Oh. No, that's something else. <laughs> That's his testicles. <laughs> That's a different problem. Yeah. <laughs> See, now this is this is the problem with, with when we don't do our shows on Thursday. Yes. What what's the problem? The problem is this. This is the kind of show we get. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's wrong with the show? That's fine. It's this been very the, chatty. Oh, it's been very. Oh, what are the other shows? We're we we have to so talk. quiet. Chatty. Yeah, yeah. We always always feels like to me like we're, we have nothing to say during those episodes. Yeah. But this week when we're doing Most a show. Most of our shows are very sit in silence. When we're doing a show three days after our last one, you know that there's so much material Which, for by the way, is why we're not reading our uh, letters or whatnot because we haven't got the letters yet and, and what have you. Yes, but we so. will we'll double down and we'll read letters uh, next time. I'm going to New York for New York Comic Con. Uh, my wife, Pia, is, uh, is a guest there. So, yeah. Uh, we're going. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, would look forward to, to more if uh, anybody paid us. Would be fantastic. As in, like <laughs> we've got now about six things that have, owe us money that have not paid us. So it's oh. just like, oh, sweet lord, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's really uh, it's first of all it's the end of the month, so you're just like, okay, well let's get this rent stuff going, and also uh, just the idea of going into New York with like next to no dough is yeah, uh, also yeah. like just creepy. Even though you know, well I know we'll be fine, it'll be all right. It's just like, ugh. Oh, it's frustrating. That's it's the great. freelancer life that's just like, you know, one one person not paying you is annoying. Two people not paying you is quite annoying. Three people is very annoying. Six people is like shit, shit, and it's at all different levels. It's at all different levels. The smallest and the and the biggest, and they all huh. got a different reason why. Uh, why? Oh, geez, we're so sorry, but uh, it should be getting to you in six weeks. Hmm, that's good. Really? That's what they say? Seven weeks now, yeah. That's what they say? Yeah. Do they mail it to you? Yes, this is the thing. A lot of times there's uh, there's some that don't. Yeah. Some some that do. And it still stuns me that just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like clearly when we do the work for you, yeah. we have to email it in. Yeah. Because it would be ridiculous for me to go, well, you need that script, huh? 
I'll just go down to the old post office <laughs> and I'll put it in an envelope and put a little stamp on it. And when you get it, I guess when it arrives, that's the way that's going to be. Yay, Pia. Get that art down. I'm going to take it all down to the old post office. I'm going to put it in an envelope. Hope for the best. That's what I hope. Okay, no, because that would be nuts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you got everything that we emailed to you and you got instantaneously? You yeah. got that? Yeah. Great. Okay, so what are you going to do? you going to pay us? Yeah, how's that going to work? Well, we pay uh, every two weeks. Great. So what happens? Well, when that happens, then we uh, go to the post office and we <laughs> mail off a check. And then... You get to take that check to your bank, and they yeah. go, uh, what's this? And we go like, well, this is a check from, let's say, uh, Condé Nast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you haven't cashed these before. Well, yes, we have for the last six years. But, okay, more to the point, uh, this is the company that does uh, the New Yorker and Vanity Fair and all yeah. these kind of things. Do you really think this is going to bounce? Do you think this is the check that's going to bounce from Condé Nast? Is that what you think? Because we got another one here from Warner Brothers. From Warner Brothers. You ever heard of Warner Brothers? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we got to hold it for a couple of days. Oh, do you? You got to hold it for a couple of days? Because you're worried Warner Brothers, it's going to bounce. Like it's because they used to have the frog as the mascot. And maybe it's a Oh, bouncing. that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, fresh from the frog. Yeah. And you just want to just go, <laughs> I asked about this once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, what's, what's the deal with these uh, holds that you once, occasionally, randomly, they decide yeah, to yeah. do? And what it really was, and it just makes me like throw my hands up in the air. It depends what bank you go to. It depends what bank branch you go to. Because some bank branches uh, have people who uh, deal drugs and they get money in American funds for whatever uh, suspicious purposes. Yeah. And so when they, uh, they're told like when you get an American check, you should hold it so that if it's crooked or what have you, we can report it. I'm like, well, that sounds fine. But you know what isn't crooked? Warner Brothers or Condé Nast. Well. And if you haven't heard of Condé Nast, look at the fuck up. Look at the fuck up. Yeah. Because do you like Vanity Fair? Have you ever heard of Vanity Fair? It's like, oh, my God. My God! And then on the lesser scale, it's just people going like, "Yeah, we can go the money." Like, all right, do you have it next week? Yeah, we'll have it next week. Next week, we can go the money. <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> stop asking me to work for you. Urgh, it's frustrating. It's yeah. so frustrating because it makes me and Pia be the people that then have to go to our landlord or whatever and t- yeah. and tell them, "Yeah, we go 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 go." And we're we're fortunate in that we have a landlord who's pop culture savvy, so knows what's going on and things that are happening. But it's just like, for fuck's sake. For fuck's fucking sake. Yeah. Pia's been doing a project uh, that she gets paid very quickly for. And she's just spent like the last like week getting, I don't know, maybe four hours sleep a night, if that. And yeah. the only reason is so that we can, you know, make sure that we definitely have money before this trip and to cover our rent. Wow. And it's like, that's what you got. That's what you got to do. And then you got to hope that they will, uh, you know, uh, they they will pay. But everything else that we've been doing, that we've been doing on time and doing doing right, they just, mm, yeah, we messed up. Yeah, okay. I, mm, yep. Huh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, we we put it in the mail now. Did you? Maybe. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's a really shit. It's I mean. Really, really shit. It makes you dread the end of the month. It makes you dread the end of the month. I can imagine. Yeah. Pia gets, uh, and I do too. On a different thing. We get royalties for things that we've done. Yeah. And royalties used to come in for the DC product projects on a quarterly basis. 
And so, you know, they would come, like, they should be here on, like, the 21st of September. Okay. And, and they were for, like, many, many, many years. And then they were a couple of days late. Then a couple more days late. Then a couple more days late. To now, they're, like, maybe mid-October, maybe, maybe, who knows. And you're not supposed to even, like, contact them and ask, like, hey, what's going on with this? That's kind of considered a bit rude to huh. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Great. You know, and I got, I got, uh, I got notice about, you know, my, my image book and like how much it sold and whatever. And it was okay. It was fine. The yeah. trade for extra sisters. And, uh, and so I got all the information like uh, a week and a half ago and that's all nice to know. And then, uh, yeah, maybe, um, maybe it'll be in the mail. Maybe that or the scholastic book, you know, they should have had that like by now as well. And like, nope, just, mm. Have like, them. is that royalties for the book you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. And so it's just like... Did you get... I don't want to be too nosy, but sure. did, did you get your advance for the second book, though, at least? The advance for the second book? Yeah, I got that. But I got that um, like a year and a half ago or something like that. You got the advance a year a year, a year and a half ago? Well, yeah, for the, for well, that's when I, when I wrote it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I've since written the, the third book. That's right. Yeah. Wow, that's a weird... That must feel weird. How so? Well, you know, like... Because you, okay, you did the book. Yes. You wrote the book. You got paid for it. I got, well, I got an advance. You got your advance on it. Yeah. And then you wait a year and a half or more. 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 And then finally comes out. Yeah. And then you don't get. So maybe like two years, yeah. You don't get anything for that, though. So it kind of comes out and you're kind of like, okay. Yeah, the first, the first, realistically, the first um, uh, amount will, the, the first check that will come in will probably not totally cover uh, the advance because the the advance is is an okay in advance yeah and then yeah you'll start making more money like a a couple of about six months later okay yeah okay huh yeah it's kind of weird it's, it just feels like you'd just be kind of disconnected from yeah and it would and it, it'll be nice you know when we've got like three and then things will be coming in for that that'll be that'll be pleasant uh but it's and and again classic has been great you know for the most part uh with like paying on time and paying everything and they might still do it it's all fine yeah things might come in tomorrow and and all be swell and and you know knock on formica everything will <laughs> yeah but it's just like the not knowing is just like ugh, it's just this little you know it, and it doesn't matter you think like oh well then just work more just do more things and and then it'll increase the odds that you will be paid on time and be able to cover things and it's yeah. like it doesn't matter yeah yeah it doesn't matter how many things you do it doesn't fucking matter you can work every day you can work like Pia does you can work every day and just get like next to no sleep and it won't it will not matter yeah. it will not matter and then someone might pay you someone might not it's just incredibly frustrating yeah. i love what i i love what i do and uh you know it's uh, it's all swell but uh but uh, boy howdy and uh, you know when when things come together and don't uh, pay all at the same time yeah yeah literally six things right now are huh. like way way behind wow yeah was bongo fairly regular um no no, we're not at all. No. Right? To the point where like when I worked with Bongo, uh they were regular in needing the deadlines when they needed the deadlines. Yeah, yeah. But uh then what would happen is I would send in the scripts and they would give me money after they had done the edits, but often they would forget to do the edits. So it would be like a month or uh, 
like a month and a half and I'd go like, hey, what's uh, what's up with that? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we should. Uh... Okay, and then they'd uh, they'd send me back some notes and I'd do a little bit of, you know, rewrite on it and like, okay, now we'll uh, now we'll pay it. So, so what I ended up setting up with my agent and them is like, because this happens so often, yeah. uh, that they I got them to pay me when I delivered the first script, like half of the money. Yeah. And then they pay me the second half when uh, when I did the final set of set of notes. And yeah. I think I was the only writer who did that because I'm the only writer who complained about that. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of worked for a while, but then again, there was a lot of sloppiness and every time things change hands and someone gets fired or someone gets moved around, they for they don't know how to do certain things. And then again, you know, you go like two months without getting paid and then you're like, um, hey. And then once again, it's all done in the mail. It's all put in the mail and then and 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 I'll th- I'll throw this out there too. For a while there, I had a post office box um, in a very shifty uh, mail area yeah. where the person who was running things would sometimes just drink too much and pass out and not open up the store, or he'd drink too much and pass out, and the postal worker would just not come in, okay. or he'd leave all the mailboxes open <laughs> so someone could come in and like take. Yeah, Your everything. Stuff. Take everything. Yeah, and there was, you know, there was hints that other stuff was going on there too. Huh. So there was that as a problem as well. And since that time, I've just started getting things directly because trying to cut out that middleman and try to make things work. But yeah, yeah, I'm just, ugh, it's just so frustrating. I'm super looking forward to being in New York because by the time I'm in New York, uh, if if things go to shit and things didn't didn't end up paying. I will have just like soaked everyone in apologies and just gone, brother, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's going to come in when it comes in. If you want to evict me, you can. I don't think you will. Um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, taxes don't decide to freeze my account because I wasn't able to make a tax payment because things that were supposed to come in was didn't come in. I hope that's not going to happen. But for the most part, I'm going to be in New York just too busy to even think about it, which yeah, will yeah. be, you know, a, that'll be a blessing. Sure. You know. Sure. And it's also nice when you're in New York, when you're around other people who are actually in the industry and they understand this kind of shit, you know, where it's a very hard thing to complain about to anybody else, you know. Uh, because you live in a world of uh, must be nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? must be nice. You work at home. Yeah, it must be that's, nice. That's not a long commute, is it? Just got to walk downstairs. Yep, that sounds nice. Oh, you get to write jokes. You have a good time writing jokes. Mm-hmm. Write... Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's easy to write jokes. What you do? You, you optioned a you optioned a TV show. Oh, geez, that's great. Boy, that must be nice. They're gonna make a, <laughs> gonna make a TV show out of that. Oh, geez, that must be nice. Yeah, yeah. But when something doesn't come in from a great job, or something doesn't come in from a lousy job. Uh, it's the same amount that comes in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, blah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's going on with me. How you there? Yeah, I mean, well, it makes me happy because I get my regular paycheck. Yeah. Every Wednesday at midnight, it goes right into the bank. And there, yeah. There, it's there for me. It's a very nice feeling every two weeks. Of course, it's not very much money, but that's also okay. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used. Yeah. To it. No, regular regular paychecks are a nice thing. Yeah, I will agree. And when when a lot of this TV stuff does start going, it will be a regular thing. Mm. And so, you know, just we had a situation where things got delayed by a little over six months. Yeah. Just when, oh, yeah, you know, uh, all your plans for that. Yeah. Just push them all six months ahead. And like, oh, what? Okay. So it's it's the kind of situation where you can't. Uh, first of all, it's it's such a good thing that you can't just go no to hell with you. You got to go. Okay, well that's the way that is. Yeah. Uh, it means you just got to fill six months hmm. with 
as much money as you would have made doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't say yes to any jobs that will be longer than six months because you know at the end of six months you've got to do this other job. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, I've got to figure this out. And 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 yeah. That's so that's generally where we're we're at right now. I did a wow. thing today where um I was working at a festival and I got asked to moderate a panel. Yes. Every other time I've ever moderated a panel, uh, there's been an honorarium to the point where I just assumed that this was the case. Yeah. Because that's just what it is. It's a big freaking festival yeah. with sponsors and this, that, and the other. And so uh, they asked me to show up at like the green room 10 minutes before my panel. I'm like, okay. well, this is what you do. Yeah. So I show up at the green room and they give me a little... Uh, you know, lanyard with my name on it, and they give me an envelope, as everyone does. This is what you do. Yeah. And the envelope uh, said, thank you for doing this, and we're going to be having a little celebration afterwards. And I was like, oh, well, there was no money in the envelope, <laughs> but, like, uh, there's going to be a little celebration afterwards. And so I'm reading the, the thing, and it's like, please come to this, you know, bar and buy yourself a drink and, uh, and, 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 and celebrate. Oh, so you want me to come and buy myself a drink? Yeah, at the bar and uh, celebrate. Fuck you, <laughs> you know. Like, what's that? What does that even uh, like? Oh. Uh, it didn't. It didn't even make me that mad till I'm just like saying it out loud right now, you know? Because I was like, well, well, there's no, there's no money involved in this. <laughs> okay, but you know what? Go to a restaurant and buy yourself a meal and enjoy yeah. the experience of knowing you were part of a thing yeah. while you pay for your own meal. <laughs> enjoy that. Wee! Hooray! Enjoy. Ugh. Yep. That's not great. What I'm saying is if you've got a festival and you ask people to participate in the festival, yeah. uh, do something about that. Give them a couple of bucks. Sure. The authors that are at the festival are selling their books afterwards. Yeah. So they're making money off their books. Yeah. That's fantastic. Other people are not. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Well, how about if I throw this out there? Everyone, we do have a Patreon. <laughs> sure. Welcome to contribute. It would be nice if we uh, we went over the amount that we just spend a month to uh, keep the show on the That would be nice. On the go. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice. Again, and I feel, I do feel it's... We got to pay to go to Wacky White Spot. Yes. Once a week. You know, that would be nice. Uh, and I, I'm not apologizing for being annoyed about money. I, I, I know it's it seems kind of crass and whatever, but I, I I agree with like Maria Bamford where it's good sometimes to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing that we feel ashamed to talk about. And so when this happens, a lot of people get away with things because you shouldn't speak of things like this. It's it's so rude and yeah. so crass. Yeah. You know, oh aren't you aren't you doing it for the love of what you do? And it's like, yeah, I am. And also I have rent. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's good. I, I think. Well, I've said before that my parents were incredibly secretive about the money they made. I, I still have no idea what my dad earned a year at any point in, in his life. Like, I just have no idea. Like, what when I was a teenager, what he made or anything. You know, like it feels like it feels like he made a no, had an okay living, but I don't know. Like, I really don't. I don't know at all. You know, my mom will get mad at me for not for being like bad with money, but I, you know. What can I say? I just I didn't grow up with any knowledge of yeah, money. Yeah, no experience of how this all works. Yeah, like I was. I got told by my dad put half your money away for taxes, and that was it. That was that was all the advice I got. Well, it's easy for him to say put away half your money it for because it was being taken off his paycheck anyway. Yeah, and and also like nowadays we're paying like half of our income in rent. 
So you can't put half of your income aside for taxes. This is also true. Because you'd have no money at all for anything. So, you know, like, the economy we live in is so different from what our parents grew up in. Like, you know, for my mom to pretend she was some sort of financial mastermind when, you know, like, they just had the, the they hit the lottery in terms of, like... It was the right, it was when the right they, time. When they to... bought their houses to when inflation hit and blah, blah, blah. Like, like yeah, like, they're, they, they're cashing in big time. For my generation, you know... Like, what do they say now? It would, it would take, for the average person in Vancouver, it will take them 53 years to pay off a house, to buy a house in Vancouver. Yeah. Literally, this is something I have talked about with Pia is, and again, I'm going to be honest with you folks. Um, it'll take three TV shows. Okay. It'll take three TV shows. She's got a TV show coming up, yeah. you know, next year. Uh, we've got a couple of things optioned. Um, yeah, but it would take three. Three shows and uh, and then, yeah. You'd, you'd have, have enough money for, for a, a house. For a house. Yeah. Would that be like all in or just like a down payment? Um, both, frankly, I, okay. would say, I would think. Okay. To be able to maintain, you know, property taxes and uh, yeah. and, and, and the like. Uh, I know I know a couple of people, and I'm not, I will remain nameless, who um, are some of the most successful people in Canada yeah. uh, in entertainment. Sure. And you would go like, well, clearly they, and, and they do live in homes and they do, you know, uh, what have you. But I know things are tense. For them and they're like oh we need to this next thing we're doing better work yeah yeah or we're screwed yeah I'm like really so there's no even when you're top of the game yeah uh with this thing that was like one of the most successful things ever yeah uh this could mess up yeah at any, at any point oh yeah yeah absolutely living in this uh living entity but didn't sure. didn't um oh i can't talk about it that way because you, you didn't say their names yeah dang i had a counter or not a counter but it well this kind of kind of like this didn't this person say that the thing they were involved in, they don't get residuals for? No, they do get residuals. Oh, they do get residuals? This is a different situation, yeah. Okay, okay. Hmm. Though I do know people that did uh, have TV shows that they did not make any residuals on. Yeah, and they, yeah. They did quite well, and they bought a house for you know, relatives and put a little money away from themselves, and it just felt like this is going to go on forever. Yeah. And of course it didn't. And that was the end of it. And you yeah. know, the show kept airing and airing and airing, but yeah, they didn't get anything after that. Sure. Sure. But they agreed to it when they went in, they went in with their correct. eyes open. Yeah. They weren't told you because they were doing, because they were doing a TV show for a company that was known for being cheap. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. And as an actor, you're grateful for anything. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. I was going to say like, as a question of the week is, has there ever been a time that you felt that your uh, boss, uh, uh, you had to like chase money, like you had to chase it down, or your boss, uh, you know, uh, did something with your money that you went, "What?" And here, here's an example of it for me. Okay, is um, I I used to do, <laughs> I used to uh, work robotic uh, animals on bicycles, and okay. I would supply the voices of sure. uh, these these things at various events. And uh, there was one time where I was really behind on my rent. And uh, I was doing a, a big gig. It was a huge gig, and it was for a, a Rick Hansen thing. Okay. And Rick Hansen uh, was the person who raised money. Uh, he go, went across Canada in a wheelchair, and uh, he was uh, he went around the world in a wheelchair. It was around the world. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, in a wheelchair, and so he was raising uh, money later for a separate thing. This yeah. is after he was known for that. And so I worked the day. And, uh, you know, was doing stuff with kids and all this stuff. And I'm hiding as I do and doing the voices. And we at the end of the day, my boss came out. And my boss uh, said to Rick Hansen, thank you so much for, for having us here. It's been a real treat. And you know what? Uh, we're just going to donate our fee today to your charity. 
which was my salary. So without my permission, yeah, I you know he just gave away my pay for for the day. Yeah, and there's yeah. absolutely nothing I could say at yeah, that yeah. point <laughs> as people were giving us the nice <laughs> nice applause. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, you know, I got to pay my rent, and this uh, no, you know, and I, and I and I didn't even get like a tax break or anything for that. It was just like, no, this is a, such a nice thing to do, and he was so happy and so proud at what what he did. And I was like, ah. I still I still go by the building that that happened in yeah. and shake my fist to this day. <laughs> I have no I have no uh similar story for that. So hopefully hopefully you sneakers out there will have your own uh yeah, similar just stories. T- just the time you had to chase us. money uh that you that you that you worked for or had uh things here was a here was a thing that used to happen when i did when i did stand up yeah and it didn't it didn't specifically happen to me but it happened uh it, it, there was a uh nightclub in chilliwack okay and you would do stand up at the nightclub and then as often happens they would pay you at the bar very openly they would like take out the money and they would put down the 20s oh, at the okay. bar okay. so everyone in the bar could see that you yeah. were making this money yeah and then as happened twice that i knew of and maybe other times as well the comedian would go into the parking lot an individual would come up to the comedian and just go give me that uh, fucking money uh, and uh, they'd be like, well, what? And they'd get mugged. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd go back and go, like, I was mugged. And I'd go, oh, my gosh, that's a terrible thing. We'll let uh, the police know and we'll do all this. And, like, can I get – no, of course not. That's nothing to do with us. But it turned out it was to do with them. And it was the okay. owner of the bar that was sending someone out to get the money back. And the, the bar itself that they were working at was uh, – and that I had worked at as well yeah. uh, was mugging people. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like the whack. so things aren't quite that bad right now yeah uh but yeah huh there you go everyone so well hopefully you have a story uh, of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls anyway i'll have new york stories next time yes you will have new york stories well let me just uh let me share you a share a story with you my friend shane will be there as well who's been a guest on this show nice and uh yeah uh creator of uh transformers characters he's very cool cat (laughs) an australian as well so he'd be fine during the ape apocalypse is that right? Just yep. Push him into the water. Yep. Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, it's fine because I interrupted you. I was just going to say that. Shut up. The uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Well, one thing happened to me this week okay. in our short break between our, our shows, which is I had my my grad reunion last night. My thirty right. fifth grad reunion. That doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible, you does it? Youthful minx. <laughs> minx. Well, thank you. Uh, that's better. Go when, youthful minxes. Yes, it's better than when you called me a stoats. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, interesting. It was it was an interesting get together. I felt like now interesting is a word that you say <laughs> when things go a little wrong. No, no, it didn't go wrong. It didn't go wrong. But it was just, what was, kind of, what was interesting about it? Well, it was interesting in a few different ways. One, it felt like a different mix than the last one. Okay, and which was the last one you went to? Did you it was go to the thirtieth? Yes, okay. yes. I felt like a different group of people came this time okay. than came last time. Like it just felt like a different crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like different like chemistry. Less pressure going to a thirty-fifth reunion than a thirtieth reunion. A thirtieth oh, reunion, you want to like go. Here's what I've done with my life. Mm. Whereas the thirty-fifth, 
eh, things haven't changed in five years. What's it matter? I think the 20th had more of that feel to it. Okay, for sure. That yeah. had more of that feel. Like, it's been 10 years since a 10-year one, and you really have better fucking got your act yeah, together. Yeah, the 10-year one, you see a lot of people trying to hook up with each other still. Yeah, yeah. They're still in quite a escape <laughs> high school. business. There's still high school in the area. Yeah, yeah. They're still in their 20s, so... Yeah. Yeah, those people are just still, yeah, monsters. <laughs> but, well, I do remember at my 20th, this guy came. I'll tell you his name off air, but he came to the party. And he pretty much came, I feel like, for this sole purpose. This is the only purpose he came to the party for, because he left very soon after this. He came up to me. He says, Dave, what are you doing? What are you doing for a living right now? I said, oh, I work as a farrier, as a horseshoer. He goes, I knew it. I knew he'd have a job he didn't like. And he walked away. And then he wow. left the party shortly after that. I was like, wow, that's a weird need to come and like confirm your own suspicions, which were right, by the way, but okay, yeah. this is weird. Uh, did he mention what he did for a living? Uh, I knew what he did for a living, which is he was... Low-budget psychic? <laughs> yes, that's right. No, he uh, was in the special effects industry, in the movie in the movie industry. Oh, okay. In the special effects industry. So when he left, did he just like throw a smoke bomb down? That's right. He, was, <laughs> he came, dressed, came dressed as uh, that guy. Came dressed as that guy. You know who I mean. Smoke Bomb Pete. Smoke Bomb Peep, that favorite. Smoke Bomb Peep. Yes, Smoke Bomb Peep, that famous comic book character who has a fish fish globe on his head. Who's that guy? Mysterio. Mysterio. That's who I meant. I think his name was Phantasm, but I knew that was wrong. Yep. It's Mysterio. Phantasm was a horror movie. But the 35th, you know, you know what it is? It's this, that the 30th, there's a lot of people who had marriages end between mm. the 20th and the 30th. Sure, okay. And they were there. And kids have grown up. Kids have grown up. To hell with this. We're wrapping it up. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. And they were unattached, mm. you know, and their lives were kind of settled and unsettled at the same time because they've, mm. they have a, you know, they've got like their job they work at. In most cases, that's going to be the, you know, job for the next little while. They, they have a house to some degree or they have a place where they can live, you know. Like life is settled in some in lots of different ways, except they're not they don't have like a a partner. Mm-hmm. But this one felt like a lot of those people that last time were kind of uh, unattached to some degree have now they have attachments, so they're they're in relationships or whatever. So they're not like on the prowl, okay? You know, or they're not thinking about that. Like part of why they're there is well, maybe I can hook up with someone that I right. used to know. Like remember old so and so? Oh man, she was hot back in high school. I wonder if. She's not with someone. Maybe you could, you know, that's kind of what they're thinking, I guess. But this one didn't have that kind of element to it that I felt anyway. Um, the other thing about these things is that the women look great. The men look okay. Because the women spent the day yeah, getting ready. Yeah, exactly. And the men did not put on the untucked shirt. That's <laughs> exactly what you saw the there. That's what you thought. Got on there. the bus <laughs> and went down. Yeah, a friend that I was talking with, because uh, I had her do some uh, scanning because I was doing name tags. I had her do some scans for me because she had a grade 11 annual and I don't because I was too cheap to buy the grade 11 annual. I, just I bought think I 12. still have that one of you. Oh, no, I don't need it now, but have All right. it. next time. That's good to know. All right. Uh, she, so I just, you know, I just wrote to her and said, hey, would you mind doing some scans for me? And we're talking. She, so she got her husband to do it. She's like, well, okay, I'll get him to do it. And he'll send you the, the files. And I'm like, cool, cool. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to be spending the rest of the day in the bathroom getting ready. So, so I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I was like, okay, I will see you tonight. So, yeah, that was part of my fun, of course, is that I was telling you earlier, I was doing these 
name tags mm -hmm. for for the you know it's kind of fun to do actually because I enjoy seeing how everyone looked in the past, yeah. like when their grad pictures are taken, and then I get to see them at night. Sure. And a lot of them I recognize because I've just been staring at them for so long as I've been goofing around with their image and getting it squared away and stuff. So then I see them there and like, oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that is there, so-and-so. And so, but the problem was I'd, like, I got them to send me the list as soon as like, everything was settled. Like when we hit like our end of sales, you know, send me the list and I'll get going on this, you know, so I can, you know, do a little bit, kind of chip away at it. But then I just had like, a, the my week was just a wash. I just, I was busy every night. I had stuff to do. It was just like, you know, every night, this, that, you know, concert, well, show with David, um, recording with Mary, right. editing the podcast, yeah. recording Sneaky Dragon, going to a friend's birthday party, reunion day. Yeah. So it was just like no nights at all. That I was just like, oh, I can do this. So then, you know, I was doing little bits and pieces throughout the week, but Saturday was my big day. So I'm like plugging away at it, getting stuff finished, going off the list, having a having to scan in some images because I don't have pictures of some of the people who are coming for the very first time since I've been doing name tags. Mm. And so I'm doing that, I'm doing this, you know, and then I'm all ready to get ready to start printing it up and, you know, pretty close to that. And then just like, the power goes out. Mm. And I'm just like, no. So so then I, I was like, okay, well, who knows how long it's going to be out for. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to panic yet. I feel like I'm going to panic, but not quite yet. Right. So I thought, well, I'll just go and I'll get ready for it, which involves, of course, because I'm a guy. Get dressed in the dark anyway. <laughs> Just in the dark anyway. <laughs> I went and had a shower, shaved, you know, got ready for that way, and then put on my clothes, put on the clothes I was going to wear that night. And then I am I checked my phone. I checked the power outage map from BC Hydro. Okay. And it said, you know, it had like this big red kind of globular shape of the area that was out of power, you know, this big, huge, like, a huge area, including us, and but all on one side of the... Aldergrove. So on one mm. side of Fraser Highway, that's that the uh, the so-called highway, the road that divides Alder, Aldergrove into two parts, North, North, North Aldergrove and South Aldergrove, I guess you could say. So I live in the north side. That had no power. But the south side was fine. So I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. But it said on the thingy, on-site, the crew was on-site, and, you know, so repairs were underway. So I was like, great. And that's perfect. So then... I thought, well, I'll just wait a little, I'll wait a half an hour and so and see if it comes on. And then I can get going. But if it's not on in half an hour, I'm going to go. So about close to half an hour is up. I checked my phone again. Now it says the crew has been reassigned. Mm. So they got pulled off of that job and put yeah. onto a more uh, another job. Maybe there's live live lines down or something okay. like that. So the, the real danger. So they get pulled off to do that. And so now this thing is being reevaluated. So I'm like, well, okay, nothing's being done. So I'm going to have to, you know, I have to get going. So then, so I was like, Three o'clock by this time. So I'm like, okay. I packed up my computer. I took out like my desktop and put it in the truck and got the monitor and put it in the truck and got the printer and put it in the truck and then keyboard and stuff like that. So, and then my, um, my uh, um, removal hard drive, which I keep all my art stuff on. So that, that went out, went in, into the truck as well. And then I drove to the church. Yeah. I drove to where I go to church. There was no one there. So I just let myself in, set up the computer in the, in the cafeteria and then uh, just started working away. And then I, did the dumb thing which is i decided i was gonna see i do this every time every year i always do the i always end up printing the badges in black and white because the photos are in black and white right and so this time i was like you know what and i've done this every time you know what i should do them blue like the same color as the annual because that would look really cool so i change all the letter lettering blue and i look at it and I go 
oh, it looks terrible, and then put it back to black, which it did. So I wasted an hour doing that kind of nonsense yeah. when I didn't have to, because I should have known by this point that I don't, I don't like it. Why am, what am I thinking? But every five years, I guess, it, you know, I has, I'm like a, you know, like I'm like a locust. I, I arise again to try this. Sure. And so then... So then, so then I'm just like, I got to start printing because it's getting really late now. It's super late. So I start printing and I have a slow printer. So it's printing away and it's spitting out these little badge sheets. And then I'm having to break them up into individual cards. Like, you know, mm. they're, they're serrated and is that what it's called? Serrated? Not serrated. Perforated. Perforated. Yes. Thank you. They're perforated. And I'm like turning up these little corners and bending this and getting all the cards ready. Then I had to put them in alphabetical order as I was requ- requested to do. And then and I'm like, okay, ready. What time is it? Oh, 20 after 6. What time do I have to be there? 6.30. How long does it take to drive there? 25 minutes. Okay, let's get going. So then I had to like take the computer down, yeah. put everything back in the truck, and then I needed to get gas. So I went to like this expensive gas station. I couldn't go down the street to the cheaper ones. I had to go to the expensive one because I didn't have time. So I just put in like $30. Good enough. Jumped in the truck, drove there. Of course... You know, you're in a rush, so then everyone's driving really slowly, or it feels really slowly because you're in a rush. <laughs> Come on, everyone, let's get going. You're all in a rush, aren't you? Don't you want to get to wherever you're going? No, you don't. Oh, darn it. So then I get to the place, and then I couldn't find any parking there. Ooh. I didn't realize how busy the casino is. That's where it was. It was yeah. the casino in Langley, where I live, or close to where I live, in Langley City, whereas I live in the township of Langley. But anyway, it was in Langley City, so I'm, I get there, and I'm just like, what? And then like, I, me and like 15 other cars are driving in circles all around oh, the... Wow parking lot and then it's so frustrating because you like drive past the place and nothing's going on you're like oh darn and then you drive around he goes around another area then you come back past that place again and someone's back into a spot <laughs> you're like oh what i didn't even see a person approaching the spot and so then fortunately for me someone pulled out and then there was a truck there and he was going to pull in like nose first but he couldn't do it because it was kind of narrow and so then he gave up because he saw someone else leaving up ahead so he drove up that way and I was like, yeah. So I just pulled in, backed up into that spot. And then I got this FaceTime call, which I've never had in my whole entire life through, I guess, through Messenger or something. Okay. They're like, where are you? I said, I'm on my way because now it's like seven o'clock, which is yeah, when the yeah, doors yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. So I came charge, went charging into the casino and running up the escalator. And everyone's like, Dave. And I'm like, here they are. Okay, I got to go because there's a computer sitting in my car and I'm not going to leave it in a casino parking yeah. lot for four hours. So I went back outside, jumped in the truck, drove home, dropped it off, drove back again. And I spent the rest of the night at the thingy that's why i sound a little raw voice too because bar voice what how loud can we yell over music did you get to dance at least i did do some comedy dancing nice because i can't really dance because i'm too self-conscious where you um put a couple of forks and some potatoes and just like, <laughs> do a charlie Chaplin i was style. i was kind of doing that i was kind of more doing like i don't know i was just goofing around it was just the dumbest nice. goof, goof off that stuff. sounds like you sounds like yeah. you in the old high school days sure yeah it was just being silly and then but like I say, I, it's, I'm very nervous. But I also realized by that point of the evening, everyone was too drunk. They won't remember mm. that I was dancing at all. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. Like everyone was. But um, there was actually one guy who I hadn't seen since. I don't think we saw. Like, I don't think we hung out at all at senior high school. Okay. So I haven't really seen him since junior high school. Oh, we wow. hung around a bit in junior high school. Like we were both kind of like at loose ends for friends. But we never really meshed. You know what I mean? Like you just sure. have to have that like perfect fit when you're. You know, like he just meets someone, you're just like, ah, oh, we're friends. But for him and me, it was kind of like, well, here, I'll just give you an example. He liked Cheech and Chong. I like Monty Python. There's just no way you can, can okay. be compatible like, in that like, situation. He liked Cheech, I like Chong. There was no, 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 it wasn't like that at all. I did not like Cheech and Chong. And he thought they were hilarious, whereas I was more like a Monty Python guy. And he was like, eh, they're okay. I was like, well, I guess we can't be friends because we're not obviously compatible with like. Well, it feels like you guys could have just heard Yellowbeard. Huh? 
no one, Cheech and Chong in it. No one enjoyed Graham, Yellow, uh, no one enjoyed yellow Beard. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I immediately was going like, is there anything Cheech and Chong and like Monty yeah, Python? Yeah. Like, yes, there was. There was, the one, there was one thing. Sure. Uh, Good pull, Ian. Well but, done, you. But he looked great. Mm. He was like one of the more impressive guys there. So you think like if you like Cheech and Chong, you'd look better now. People enjoy Cheech and Chong. So are you like, telling me I look bad? Thanks a lot. Well, you look like oh. a Monty Python fan. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's true. I am a Monty Python fan. That's why I look like one. You're pining for the fjords. <laughs> exactly what I look like. I'm a Norwegian blue. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he looked, he looked fantastic. So it's, that was nice to see. Like, I didn't recognize him at all. And I had been working on his badge. So I thought, oh, I'll know him right away. But then he, when he was like a teenager, he had one of those terrible pube stashes, you know, that sure. boys grew at that time for whatever reason. This will look great. Because you can. A half-formed mustache on my I upper lip. I had a lip. bit of that. And then one, one day I thought, you know, what's a good idea? I can darken this with what pencil. <laughs> and I did. I went in. I went into school with a pencil darkened mustache. Pretty fucking rad. <laughs> you must have received a lot of compliments that day. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> I no, no one reacted at all. Okay, but it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so but when i saw him i didn't recognize him he like he stopped me he's like dave and i'm like hey how's it going hey you yeah hey buddy oh, that's why we wear badges hey chum so you can do the look down yeah oh hey mike so yeah no it was good it was a good it was a good party and then uh finished off the party kind of chasing behind a, a, a school friend as we looked for her daughter and that was also fun okay so. And you're a good person to do that because you don't drink. So you're the sober guy at the end of the night. Yes. Who can actually help with such things. Yes, I can. Exactly. And when you're saying look for their daughter. Yeah. They didn't bring their daughter to the reunion and no, lose no. them after drunkenly dancing. Her daughter was a, was a designated driver. I was coming to nice. pick her up. Because she was planning to do some drinking and she did. And so she's quite tipsy. In fact, she was so tipsy that the person at the entrance, the casino, yeah. tried to stop us from going in. Because mm. they were worried about the decorum. Of oh, the casino, okay. I guess. Yeah, sure. He's like, is she, are you okay? Like, you're okay to go in? Have you been drinking? And I said, well, she's had a glass of wine, but not that much, which is not true at all. She had like a bottle of wine. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I guess I could have said she just had a bottle of wine. <laughs> but no, I said, no, no, she's fine. And because I, I was sober, you know, I was able to kind of carry the carry the argument. So, whew. But we did find her daughter, who then made us go to a restaurant where she could dance and have a drink because she was a designated <laughs> driver. Oh, kids. Mm, that's not really a kid's thing. That's just bad judgment on the whole. Yeah. 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 But I mean, just had like, I don't even know if she was, I mean, she did have a drink, but it was like a mix, mixed drink, you know. Okay. Like a Coke and or whatever. Right? Yeah. So I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure one drink is fine. Mm. No, it's not? No, I don't think if you're the designated driver, no, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't have a drink. But it's okay to have like one drink, isn't it? Like you're not considered under the influence if you have one drink. I get that. But uh, I think when you're the designated driver, yeah, yeah, there's you know you don't see ads you have like a sacred trust. Yeah, you don't have like ads for designated driver going like, you know, <laughs> hey, be a designated driver and just keep it under control. <laughs> you no. know what you can handle, yeah, yeah. right? I you know. know, you know. know. Maybe I should have volunteered to, to drive. I said, you know what, I'll drive you home. It's fine. Maybe that would have been I better. Don't know. But I don't know. But, uh, you know. It was late. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. <laughs> hey, is someone drunk? Do they need to get home and they've got someone drunk driving them? But she what's that? Dr- she wasn't is it late? No, no. Oh, well, then forget it. It's cool. You're, ex- you're exaggerating. <laughs> you know what? Some people drive better drunk. You're exaggerating. A message from the devil. <laughs> you're exaggerating for effect. Sure. But yes, no, she, her daughter seemed fine. So hopefully 
hopefully it's all okay. I'm I'm sure. Sure, I'm sure it's fine. Sure yeah, it's no, fine. there's nothing better than something that you're sure it's fine. There's nothing like getting into. Yeah, it's sure it's fine. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Exactly. Into... I know things are fine. Yeah, because you're saying I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's okay. Which is which is yeah, yeah. what you say when things are yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. When That's... things are solid, <laughs> exactly and, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. It's fine. That's the first thing you say. You go. I'm sure everything was great. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's fine. You know, it just looked. It did look like the safest condition mm-hmm. in the world. Like getting into yeah. a car with your possibly inebriated daughter. Sure. In a messy, broken down car. Yeah. Because you know it's a teenager's car. Do you think car. I should pet this dog? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. It's okay. All right. Should I? Are you sure? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Don't worry, don't worry about it. No, no, no. It's okay. That's, it does that to everyone. It's you just, know, it's, 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 it's way, it's, it's late. It's, it's way late. Greet. It's late. Pet it quickly. It's just way, pet it quickly. Way Establish dominance quickly and just come at it fast. Yeah, so it doesn't right. have time to get scared. <laughs> yeah, be as quick as you can. Bring your hand down really quickly towards its mouth. That's right. The thing okay. you got to do is you got to grab its tongue to establish dominance. <laughs> oh, is that right? I always grab its snout. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I do, and tickle its nose. So I'm going to throw out a second, or, or, as a second question. Okay. Um, has anyone had uh, any experiences with doing reunions, and what did you think of it? Yeah, I'd be curious to hear, hear people's uh, opinion of, of reunions. Uh, and if I hear from people who went to one reunion, and particularly if they only went to their tenth reunion and decided to knock it on the head as far as reunions go, I would. I'm very disappointed in you because they actually get better as okay. you go. Do you know I, what I wish? It just feels like everyone okay. calms down. Sure. No, that makes good sense. Yeah. What I wish uh, the other day, um, I was at a birthday party for. Uh, let's. I can actually say James Lloyd, our friend James Lloyd had. Yes, a that's right. Birthday. I, I was also there. Um, and I'm not going to say who were the people having this discussion, but uh, uh, someone that I know uh, works for a company that a lot of people in uh, the city have worked for. Okay. And. Uh, James had worked for this company and another person that I know worked for the company to the point where like these two people who were talking were like, oh, I did that job that you did like yeah. many years ago. Yeah. I thought like that would be an interesting reunion. Uh, it's a reunion for a job yeah. that like has been around. Like if it was like all people who had worked at a certain white spot or something mm. or a certain, yeah, yeah. A, cer- a certain company, a certain toy yeah, store, yeah. a certain whatever. And it's not run by the company. You just like all show up and just tell your stories. Yeah, yeah. Some of you crossed paths. Some of you knew each other. Sure. Other people have done the same job. Because it was interesting just hearing a little bit of the talking and just going, uh-huh. like, oh, everyone's got a bit of a story and knows a little bit more about yeah. this person who, you know, ran things and the people that still still remained and it was yeah it was neat I, I, I wish you could i wish you could do that like if i could like uh go to a reunion for like uh the granville toy company okay that'd be in, that'd be an interesting thing yeah, yeah yeah huh yeah i mean or an improv company that i used to work for that would sure. also be interesting sure yeah. it's one of the one of the interesting things to me about high school reunions is the one thing you don't really see very commonly at high school reunions are the cool kids like mm. the kids who were like the kind of cock of the walks when you were in sure. high school, which I didn't know a lot of them because I, I didn't really, I wasn't like super, I wasn't like unpopular. I had a lot of friends all through the school, like through the different social groups that were at school, but I never really knew like the cool kids because, you know, I was kind of like beneath the jocks attention and stuff like that. And when I went to school, jocks were like the, the kings of the school. Like if you were good at sports and yeah. you were admirable to girls and you so, were very. I was so nerdy that I didn't realize that's how things were. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because I was so away from that kind of thing, yeah, that yeah. I didn't even realize. Like, oh, those guys are admired. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yes, they they had a lot of privileges that we didn't have. As as uh, no clue, as no clue about skinny, that at all. Skinny little. I wasn't little, but you know, I was a skinny, uh, you know, introverted, bookish, overly smart, weird. You know, had strange interests. Boy, who I wasn't unappealing. You know. But 
I was also really shy, so it was I didn't really have relationships with people in a in that kind of way. So it was, you know, it's 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 interesting to go to like the high school reunion and and you just realize, oh my gosh, there's like a whole class, like a whole subgroup of people who don't go to these. And I can only imagine that there's an element of their lives didn't work out the way they were supposed to, and it's just embarrassing, and they don't want to like show up, and that that's the story, mm. you know. But I don't know. Yeah, I really or don't maybe know. they got enough out of school when they were there, and it's like that's there's nothing more I can get out of it. Yeah, that's possible. But you know, you think like if if the, you if you had like like that kind of life at school that you were like sure. the 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 thing, like all the girls swooned over you, and some of the guys too, and teachers, you know, gave you extra you know extra privileges you know helped you out a little bit more than the other kids got helped out and stuff and you know that you'd want to return to that because it was so pleasant to go through that Mm. that why wouldn't you want to experience it again when you're in your 50s you know like i don't think many people have lives that continue on like that so why wouldn't you want to go back and kind of i'll taste that again or just remember it yeah yeah and but you don't really see those people, though. That's strange to me. Like, it's it's interesting. I just feel like, I just wonder. And and there's other people that, I know there's one person that I'm Facebook friends with. And he had been, he had been posting, like, a lot of pictures of himself, uh, himself at the gym. Okay. And he said, getting ready for September. Oh. And a lot of them. Oh. So that's, you know, obviously what he's talking about, right? Yeah. But he didn't come. No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. Yeah. And no. I just feel like, oh, he didn't make his goal or whatever oh, that he had in mind. That's really, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because who cares? Yeah. You know? Like, oh, well. No, it's too bad. I know. It just feels weird. Like, what? what is your, like, what is your criteria for yourself to go to something like that? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't go. Uh, I don't go, but that's, you know, I don't know what I'd get out of it. Like, I don't really yeah. know. Like, I, yeah. I feel like the stuff that I did in school, I feel, I would feel weird. I would feel weird reminiscing. Mm. Like, it feels weird. It feels like the things I did, I enjoyed, and they're good memories. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And they were, th- that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, I, d- I did it. Uh, so it's like, it feels weird to go. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, some of these people individually. Yeah. And talking and catching up and mm-hmm. whatever, but in a group. But yelling at them over the, over, uh, maybe 80s, the, 80s music. Is it, it feels <laughs> like when you funny. get a bunch of them in a group, yeah. it does then push you back to a time, a certain time in the past. And I do feel like I'm not that person anymore sure and so it feels odd to be in that environment in any capacity uh that's a little strange to me maybe you know i've, I've had a thing like where i did a play and a bunch of my close friends from high school showed up to it yeah and uh it was great and then we caught up afterwards but it still was a real vo- weird thing because even though we're all adults and many of them have had children and gone on and done all these things. Mm-hmm. When we all get together, there's a dynamic that then comes into play because mm-hmm. the last time we all saw each other was when this dynamic was there. Yeah. And then it locks in and that dynamic's there. And I'm like, oh, they, we're acting like we used to act a bit. <laughs> this is shining like this is a little weird. Like if it was just individually, yeah. we'd be we'd be more ourselves. But like we're getting that group dynamic again. <laughs> that's that's vibe is here we're we're a different version of it and but it's it's odd and i'm like i don't know if i want to be this you know that's, that's interesting but, but i don't to be honest with you i I've, i pretty i don't remember except with mike the person i mentioned who looked good yeah. i don't remember reminiscing with anyone and his reminiscences were, were interesting because they were so separate from what i 
my school memories like his, yeah. was, his he was part of more like the party people sure and so he's talking about going to the bar the bog and partying there and stuff which i never did that like so i i'm just kind of like oh that happened i didn't even know that was a thing so that was interesting to me so but most of the people that i talk to it's more about what are you what are you doing now like what is your life now like yeah you know you what is your job what is what is your we did get a little bit family, that, but kids? then it'd be just like hey remember that time we were like uh, all driving to it was like some sort of camping thing yeah and you're in a you're in the van ahead of us and then you pretended to be throwing up lucky charms for a lot of the trip and i'd like put all these lucky charms in my mouth and just like lean out and just like act like i'm throwing up and the yeah. lucky charms would fly back and like hit their windshields and we're like and we just couldn't stop laughing i'm like yeah that was funny at the time <laughs> <laughs> feels weird to you yeah. know feels you know it's okay, you know. It'd be like my mom going, "Hey, remember that time you threw up at the A and P? Yeah, like for real. Yeah, <laughs> like because you were a kid." And it was like, "Yeah, that's about." I feel very similar to that. So, like, yeah, that was a long time ago, and that's not necessarily me now. But I'm glad you enjoyed that, and that's yeah. a nice little memory. And I don't want to just like, mm, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> go on the memory lane. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, yeah, like I say, I mean, part of the thing for me, of course, is when I'm at this, when I'm at this thing, like, like. There's really none of my friends there that I had in high school. Mm. Like, you're not there. Nope. Dave Trimble's not there. It's on the wrong age because we were one year we apart. We were one year apart. Dave Trimble's not there. Okay. You know, like other friends that I, I had, my like my D&D friends aren't there. Mm. You know, so so this is like me like having to like figure out how to like navigate humans, like human social interaction sure. in a way that I'd never really succeeded in school. I shouldn't say that. I always feel, I feel like I... I'm too negative about my actual... I think you're quite social. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I always feel like I downplay actually how successful I was is like you were, navigating. You, were, you had like low-level celebrity. I wouldn't say I had any celebrity, but no, I was... No, no, you did. All right, if you say so. No, no, I'll give you... An, I'll, I'll, tell you I'll tell you how I know you had celebrity is because we would do comedy shows at lunch yeah. and we would fill a room. Well, yeah. Okay. And it was a large room. Yeah, it was a large auditorium. Yeah. yeah. And we would fill it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was the five of us. And we would fill it and do our stupid little comedy sketches. <laughs> and then That's when good. we said we were doing that again, those people would show up again. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a low level of celebrity. Sure. And those people could, would, when they saw you in the hall for the rest of the week or whatever it was, yeah. they'd remember you from doing the silly thing you did sure. in the thing. Sure. But you know what's funny about that is that we did do that. We did fill the auditorium. But because the school was so big, like so many people went there. There were tons of people who had no oh, knowledge of that. That's it's so not, weird. That's the way right? celebrity works. But it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's the way it works, though. It didn't, it doesn't, not that it bothers me. It was just interesting. How many people do you think were in that auditorium? About a five hundred seater. It's, no, it wouldn't be that much because it was it could only hold half the school. So yeah, five hundred seater. Yeah, for sure. So you'd almost like sell out a five hundred seat space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. That's right because I think I made I made two hundred and fifty foot lights lunch bags for one of our shows. Like I just drew like a logo on yeah. 250 bags. <laughs> who knew how I had that much spare time? So to 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 people who okay, and again, there's people at the reunion yeah. um, that you went to that didn't bring it up, but no, when no, they no. saw you, that's what they remembered you doing was the silly nonsense that yeah. we did for yeah. those things. And they're like, well, like, oh yeah, that's the guy who did the shows. And like, I get that you don't really think of that because you don't, and that's how how it be. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's not a million miles away from what you do right now. Hmm. Mm. yeah yeah oh that's the other thing too is like what you know people ask well what are you doing now and and so you want to like you have two things one is you 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 know you have to admit well i work uh 
I work kind of a, a menial job in a you know for a garage door company. But I also, I also play spikeball. I also play spikeball <laughs> during that menial job. So I mean, fuck it, man, that's awesome. No, I also uh, you know I also podcast, and then I'm you know I've been coloring these graphic novels for yeah. friends. And you also appear in um, shows for uh, you know uh, music shows. Yeah. And, and have been doing that for about 25, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're a regular. For people who are fans of that music, <laughs> yeah. they know you for that. And when they see you on the street, they don't come up and go, hey. Yeah. But they go, concert. And that's, uh, that's what they know the you That's that what show. they know you from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so it's hard to shoehorn that in, though. Like, like when you go, oh, I've been podcasting for eight years. Most okay, people are my age. So yeah. most of them are like, mm-hmm, podcasting, great. Not too sure what that is, but yeah, okay. Not sounds... just podcasting, five podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And then um, one of them successful. That's true. <laughs> we hit it one, hit it once. Uh, you're talking about Sneaky Dragon, and, and that and that podcast was how to win the lottery. <laughs> and every week we'd come not that on I and did go it. try number six. Not that, <laughs> not that I did win the lottery, but it's just that I'm really good well, at coaching people to yeah, win the lottery. You're a good lotto coach. Yeah, I'm a good lotto coach because I can see it. Like I can see. Them you know, they can't. They, well, they can't see because they're like involved yeah. in it. And I, I can stand back slightly and help coach them. Did you mention the the podcast to people at any point? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I did for sure because I'm very proud of the podcast. You know, and I feel like I feel like you know I do a job. I do a menial job, but I really don't think that job is defines me. Do you know what I mean? Like no, that's your that's that's what I do. Just you know make helps, a living. Yeah, it helps pay the bills and get my kids through school and whatever else. And pay for the chickens, you know, those sort of yeah. Those sort that's of what that's what you say to people. It pays yeah. for the chickens. Pays for the chickens, man. And then they go, "Do you have chickens?" And you go, "Like, I don't want to fucking talk about that." <laughs> that's right, because I do a podcast. And I think you should hear about this. And on the podcast, you have a segment sometimes called Chick Talk. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's just it's it's kind of one of those things where it's so uh, it's, it's so abstract that people can't like they just can't grasp it, you know. So it's like. I just after a while, I was just like, "Oh, forget it." No, no, they're not. Yeah, they're not to. They're not to get it, and they won't get it. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a, a a big reason I think probably too that I don't go to to reunions. Yeah, because it's pointless. It because is pretty if, abstract. Because if you go to if you go to reunions, must be nice. Yeah, they go. You do get a lot of must be nice. That is not wrong. Um, you, you get like, what are you up to? And yeah. if like if you say something that merges with what they already believe you are and who you are, yeah, great. If you bring up something completely different that's outside of that perception uh, that they have of you yeah it's jarring to them mm. and uh, and it's an awkward time it's just like what do you do uh what are you doing for a living uh cult leader you know whatever it would they wouldn't get it <laughs> but yeah if i have ever heard of nvxm yeah i mean it's it, that's kind of what it's like for me yeah you know wah wah me for all my <laughs> complaining but like if i brought up that i did podcast that's just going to be a they don't get it they don't they, they wouldn't they wouldn't no. just understand it yeah like i can't explain that to family members for fuck's sake <laughs> the only people that understand the kind of podcast we do are strangers yeah and that will be it and then it's occasionally weird <laughs> when i meet someone who is another podcaster yeah and i'm like oh we can actually talk about this stuff and you know they'll say things wow. like oh you really should monetize this better and it's like you understand that there can be money in this. <laughs> it's like I'm the crazy guy who's on the beach with a beep, beep, beep machine. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a guy, you know, who's got like a bulldozer who's like digging up cash going, oh, you got to really get your act together and get this. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Everyone just thinks I'm a nut. And they look at him and they think, he's a nut too. And they're like, a couple of nuts. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you'll find your, your tribes later on and they'll understand you and yeah. it'll, be, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. 
You know, I I used to mention yeah that I wrote Simpsons comics. Mm. Like they, no one would understand what the fuck that meant. <laughs> like I always I always like compared it to like saying like you know what do you do for a living? Oh well you know the TV show Mash. I do the coloring books. <laughs> I write them. I write the coloring books. The TV show Mash. Now I know the words I just said are English, but I also know that nothing I just said makes sense to you. And you've probably got a variety of really stupid questions right now. So I'm going to walk away. Yeah. I wish they had stupid questions. Really, most people, most people at a, a reunion are, you know, they're there. <laughs> they're there to kind of talk about themselves. I think. <laughs> but if you were to they're start... looking for something. I'm not too sure what they're looking for. Right, but when you have, okay, here's I find another... it so fascinating though. It's just, I just really enjoy them. Yeah, I just look at I look at this and like. Okay, so you go to a high school reunion, yeah, and uh, you're talking to somebody, and just like, oh, what do you do? What, what are you doing? And they go like, I work on a fishing boat. Oh, you work on a fishing boat? That's great. What's that like? Well, we go out and we fish, and it's this dangerous thing. Yeah. It's all this, yeah. and it's like, hey, what are you doing? And I go like, well, I do a Tintin podcast. <laughs> like, Sorry, and it's like a Tintin podcast. <laughs> well, what do you do with that? Well. My friend David. Do you remember David? Yeah, he was a year ahead of us. Yes, David. That's right. Uh, he used to live in Alder Grove. Oh, you kept in touch. Wait, we do keep in touch. Yes, we. In fact, we do. And once a week, we get together. Well, every two weeks, if I'm being honest, um, and we'll read a Tintin comic book. I see. And then what happens? Well, we go on and we discuss it. Um, David uh, really gets into a deep dive with the historical backstory of uh, Hergé. You know Hergé, the author of Tintin, that we all we all know what I'm speaking of, right? Of course. So, um, and we, he does a deep dive for, I don't know, like an hour, like about an hour, does a real deep fucking dive on the controversy of Tintin. And then we go page by page page and just break down each panel and are people looking at their stuff well i we don't know we don't know many people do many people don't um it's a belgian book anyway so we go through it and then we do them all chronologically oh do you make money doing doing that i don't know dave's in charge of that well why do you do it i don't know it's a nice break from the you know the Marx Brothers one we're doing. <laughs> what do you do with that? Well, you know how no one talks about the Marx Brothers. Well, Dave takes about an hour, goes real deep dive, talking about every aspect of the Marx Brothers. We watch a movie and we talk about it. We've done it a couple of times. <laughs> we did one about the Beatles. Oh, well, how was that? Really successful. Oh, so did you do more Beatles? No. We thought, we thought, um, we thought, what we thought was, um, we thought we should stop that one that's successful. What we should do, what about Tintin? Was it as successful? Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Well, you know what's funny? It is more successful in terms of, like, international appeal, but. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We've done about 500 episodes in total. Oh, did I mention? Uh... The other thing I do. Oh, what do you what do you do? Oh, okay. Do you know D and D? Oh yeah, yeah. That used to be a popular thing. Okay, so uh, I do a live show like that once a month. Oh, like what do you mean? Do people watch you play the game? Yeah, kinda. We just act things out on stage. Oh, do you play D and D? I've never learned. <laughs> I've never learned. 
we're on our 100th episode <laughs> in about two months. <laughs> and I just go up and just we swear and do a lot of dirty jokes. Uh, and yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, do you make money about that? I don't know. It's really hard to get paid for it. But we sell out the theater uh, most times. Do real good. Yeah, it's good. Anyway... <laughs> Fishing boat. It's <laughs> neat. That's why I don't go to reunions. That's a great performance. Thank you for that. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah, that's pretty much summed up how I felt last night. That wasn't in much de- much as much detail because I I can read a crowd and I know yep. where, I know when I'm lost. I know when I've lost them. So and that's pretty much as soon as I said those words. So then I said the words podcast and that I've been doing it for eight years. That was it. Yeah, as far as I needed to go. That's okay. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a sex slave. <laughs> that's, that's more understandable. Than sure, yeah. You can say that. People are like, oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember okay. the gimp from uh, Pulp Fiction? <laughs> oh, are you a gimp? Oh, I wish I was a gimp. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a high-profile job. I'm nowhere near that. You got to like be in a long time. You got to really move up through the union. <laughs> it's also who you know. <laughs> it's, it's not who you know. It's who you below. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I could blow. Oh, I don't want to tell you what I do. No one wants to know. Anyway, we take breaks during the gimp stuff to do spike ball. Now you might think it's the, that. you might think it's the game. Oh, but it's a completely different thing called spike ball. Oh dear. Yeah. Sounds doesn't sound great. Yeah. No, it's I, I. I'm not too sure what because I had no school spirit when I went to high school. I had like no interest in school spirit. at all. Yes, we do. You've got spirit. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly. And, but it was, it was strange. Like when Lisa was first started at Elgin Park where she teaches, she was put in charge of um, the school government. Okay. And so she kind of, by default, she had to start like figuring out school spirit. Cause I think she's the same. Like she, I'm sure when she went to school, she had no interest in school spirit. Sure. I think she was a member of like the Mustang club, like owning a Mustang car club. Okay. Cause she owned a Mustang car. That was the car, that's what she was like a member of at school. But I don't think she, and that's like one more club than I was, besides the Footlights Club, which, you know, we started. our sketch group. Yeah. yeah, so it was pretty easy to be in that because we were like the people who made it. But other than that, I was, I didn't really have like a lot of school spirit. But when she was doing that, I really got into like the idea of how important, not necessarily school spirit was, but the idea of like a school community was. Okay. There was an inclusive school community. Like, I really like the idea of that as an ideal. Like, I don't think, I don't know how often it really works, but as an ideal thing, I think school, school government's really great. Like, the idea of, like, a student council that has some autonomy from a school, from the school administration, yeah. that puts together dances, that puts together activities. I was on a school council. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, so you have some school spirit then. So, um, yeah, and so I always thought, you know, and I thought ones that were really good were ones that could, like, involve, like, the arty kids and the smart kids and the jocks and they put everything together, you know, like that's a really good school council, you know, and I really like that idea of school spirit. And so when, when uh, grad reunion started to come up, I was like, well, that's like as close to school spirit as I'll ever get, sure. you know, like coming back again to like, not relive the days of school, but to, to reconnect to a community of people that you once shared so much with, you know, in a way, like you weren't like in each other's pockets, but you were going through the same experiences growing up together. World. Yeah, this yeah. really, yeah, a really Very intense, intense world. You're right, super intense world, especially. And I mean, I feel super close to the people who went through junior high school with me. Okay. Like, those are the ones I know best because 
you know, North Delta was so big. It was hard to know everyone who came from two other schools mm-hmm. from yours. So there's like three schools that fed in. So that's a lot of kids who came. Yeah. You know, and it was good in the way that you had like a broader group of weirdos to choose from to make, make friends with. But it was also more difficult because there's like, it just sort of diluted everything into like this giant, you know, what was once a pond was now a swimming pool, you know, the, yes. the, you know, and it's just a lot harder to like connect people and stuff. And there was a different, different um, culture and, you know, it's just different. So it's, you're right. It was really intense. And so it's nice to, to, you know, every once in a while get together with those people that you went through this incredible experience with, even remotely from each other, like just to walk through the same hallways, sure. you know, and not even necessarily share the same experiences because, you know, I went through school on, on the, through the, uh, graphics career prep program so through my grade 12 year i had very little academic courses i was mostly you know just entrenched in the arts part art department either in the photo lab or you know working the pmt machines and stuff like that or in the printing press area you know so i was not you know i had i never took math classes i didn't do science classes right. i just did english and, and social studies i think were like the two requirements that i had to do and because i was i didn't get like a full Dogwood. I had to go finish. I had to do um, algebra eleven after school was done to get mm, my okay. full dogwood, which I did do. But um, but yeah, so that's how I got out of school because I just it just seemed like oh this is an easy way to get out of here. So this is what I'm going to do. This is perfect. So then, but that kind of disconnected me in a way from from a lot of people. But at the same time, we were all there together going through this experience. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. I I do think that um, that can I do think community is important. You know, that's part of why I go to church. So. So I do think community through like like through this sort of thing like school like grad reunions and stuff is also important. So it's just kind of living out that idea of school spirit of community spirit more than anything. That's something I like about Aldergrove too because you know it's changing now of course because it's developing. But when we moved to Aldergrove it was nine thousand people and there was a real sense of community there. Like they loved parades. Mm. Like we had like our Christmas parade. We had our our Remembrance Day parade. We had our fall. Uh, fair parade so we had like parades throughout the year you know like and and plus other community events and things like that sure. you know so there's a real sense of community there of, of people together as 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 a community and i really like that element of aldergrove when we moved there you know we always went to the parades and things especially when the girls were younger and like i say it's starting to change now because it's it's population's growing the country part of it is disappearing so we're getting more and more more amorphous it's kind of growing a thing of houses surrounding you know surrounding the, the, the town and so it's less connected but uh, that was what was important when we moved there to me so I do like that aspect of it and I do think community is really important so it's just another example of that I guess that's probably what I like so much about it no it makes sense yeah well enough of me advocating for for school community but I do think be true to your school be true to your school like you are to your girl <laughs> see raw, we've tied it back up into the beach raw boys. raw push him back there was a version. I don't think it was released in the single, but there was a version done of that with with members of the Honeys, included uh, Brian Wilson's eventual wife. Uh, they did like a cheerleader uh, calls to that song. Oh, kind nice. of fun. Anyway, everyone, show a little bit of podcast community and give us a, a, a write. Give us a comment. We can comment on our on our website, sneakydragon.com. We have a little comment section under every show, mm-hmm. and you're more than welcome to write comments there. 
We are available to you through email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. True. Write to us your private feelings, and we will not advertise them. <laughs> we are on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon, and are also on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. And I mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention it again. We are also on Patreon, and uh, you know, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support Sneaky Dragon. And if you like our show, of course, you want to see us keep on doing this. And part of that incentive is for us to have a show that is free for us to do and not have to constantly be underwriting it ourselves. Uh, and so it's just a little payback, and it's very nice. But we have a lot of people who have done that, and we really appreciate it. Otherwise, I'd have to keep doing these ads. Excuse me for a second. Sure, Dave. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> hey, Dave. Yes. Do you like brushing your teeth? Sure do. But are you tired of that good-tasting toothpaste? I am kind of tired of the good-tasting toothpaste. Then try McLean's toothpaste. Oh, McLean's, McLean's toothpaste. toothpaste. It's a toothpaste yeah. without all that good taste. Uh-huh. Some people say it's made out of uh, McLean's magazines that they've ground down and made into paste form. Sounds like, I, a, bit, I sounds can't, like a bit. I can't say yes, and I can't say no. <laughs> okay. And I refuse to say it. Other people say it's made to taste like McLean Stevenson would taste if he was in a paste. Yeah. But all I can say to you is, put it in your mouth. Will it stop cavities? I don't know. Okay. It's possible. Sure. I mean, what am I, God? I can't control your mouth. So... McLean's, the toothpaste that decided to advertise with us. Well, thank God we have a sponsor. Well, they're not a sponsor. Oh, they're not paying us to do this. No, 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 no. They just uh, they just uh, threw some money at me and just said say something about us. Oh, which I guess is that's sort of sponsorship, by the way. Mm. They threw money, but they yelled immediately afterwards. We're not your fucking sponsor. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't fucking tell people we're your sponsor. <laughs> Just mention the fucking toothpaste. Okay. And I okay. went, hey, McLean's. Yeah. Maybe pretty... it's time to wash your mouth out with toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> with McLean's and they toothpaste. went, what? You mean this McLean shit? Yeah, yeah. We're not putting this in our mouths. This stuff's poison. Don't blame me. And I'm like, whoa, I can't say McLean's is poison. That is a lawsuit waiting to happen. It's <laughs> the kind of lawsuit that would get written up in McLean's magazine. Yeah. And then they said, what have you heard about McLean's magazine and our toothpaste? And I went like, look, man, I don't want no fucking trouble. I will mention the toothpaste sure. at the end of the show. Yeah. Okay, I promise it'll be after Dave does a whole long thing about how reunions are good, so no one will be listening anymore, I swear to God. Uh, but uh, but, uh, but I'll do it, and I'll just leave me alone. Okay, I've got a family. And, uh, oh, dear. And, uh, and so anyway, McLean's toothpaste. The toothpaste that's okay. Well, everyone, the truth hurts. And well, the tooth hurts. When you use McLean's toothpaste. <laughs> the Thanks. only toothpaste that actively hurts your teeth. <laughs> Shave and a haircut, two bits. Dave, your heart. Round, round, get around. I get around. Yeah, get around, round, round. I get around. I get around. Get around, round, round. I get around.
cause it's never been beat And we've never missed yet with the girls we meet Let the guys go steady cause it wouldn't be right To leave your best girl 